Episode 284. Lemon's here. Jumpin's Yay! on shock. And Violet's on Houston. Woo! That's the show. We'll see you next. No, I'm just kidding. Hello. We're here. Lemon's here. Yes, he's here. Eric's in the the back rooms where we keep all the bodies and all the, the scary bits. I don't know. The robot parts. Oh my God. The robot parts? Yeah, you you do you do partake in a robot part once in a while. That's <laughs> that's for sure. That's 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 some lore for the uh the community in the Discord. Yes, yeah. So there's a couple blow dryers. Oh for what? so many. Nobody'll know. Nobody nobody will ever know. For, for it's for drying glue, everybody, okay? Let's, let's get your get your minds out of the gutter. Lemon, <laughs> how are things? How are you? Uh Good, although at the time of recording this, the <laughs> internet is on fire, esports industry on fire. So uh, times have been better, but personally, I I'm doing okay. Thanks. Good. Yeah, no, it's referencing some of like the guard layoffs that are just like happening as we're we're pressing record. It's just very it sucks. It's very sad to to see you know esports winter just. Someone quick, mm -hmm. throw another esports organization on the fire to keep <laughs> us warm. It, it feels like it. Yeah, every every so often, there's just more and more just added to the pile, and it's it's never a, never a good thing. Yeah, I I I can say like it's a it's an interesting situation because of course like a there's some irresponsible reporting as as of time of recording in terms of like everyone has been laid off. It doesn't seem to be the case as of yet. Uh, that doesn't mean that that's not happening. Um, but, you know, you, you can't necessarily inform everyone at, at the same time. So we'll Talk see. your shit, Yiska. Talk your shit. Okay. <laughs> Call them out. It's, it's... <laughs> how, about, how about you tell us when you find out? Obviously, people are going to be hearing and, you know, uh, possibly viewing this in the future. So you tell us what happened in the comment section well, down below. I, Let's I, bait that engagement. I, will, Ooh, nice. I won't be able to directly uh, talk about it as I found out these, during this, this episode, but I would spend particular effort in checking out if a singular tear rolls down my cheek at some point during this episode. Maybe yeah, if he just like suddenly something. becomes sullen and has to get up and walk away and comes back with like a bottle of rosé and just like, <laughs> pops it, you know, Ooh, maybe sure. something happened. Yeah, that yeah, could use one too. <laughs> good use one two but there's a ton of stuff in the overwatch league to kind of dive into um yes the shock look like they're going for a not a three-peat but like a a, a thruple a a a, 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 a third chip a, thir a third chip i don't know where i was going with that i kind of struck out there but... joe just so you know that's me reading your uh, articles every single time i'm like what's that hydrogenies or what's that like? What was the the thing? Uh, the perineum. Like, yeah, dude. I'm just like, okay, this guy. That's the medical term for taint, by the way. What? Yeah, I don't know how. I didn't even know that. On. Okay, y'all's articles make me feel so dumb every time I read it. <laughs> I'm so dead ass as I were use the word dead ass to describe that. So. <laughs> It's like sometimes it's not even that I don't know the word for the thing that he's describing. I literally do not know that this thing exists. Like when you talk, we're talking about like a lightning hitting the beach. And oh, therefore, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that called? It turns into glass. I don't know. I had to look it up. But, but it's in your article, John. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I read it out loud and I still can't remember. But <laughs> um, 
it, I know it's a phenomenon that happens and it exists, but I didn't have like a word. And then I just Googled the word and was like, ah, yes, that's the word. Whatever it is. I think it starts with an F. Whatever. I, Anyways. I feel like you're like um, like a freestyle rapper that just gets thrown words and I like, write that into your article. I got this. <laughs> I, there's definitely times where it does feel like that happens, where like the universe just kind of throws something at me. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of interesting. I'm going to do something with that. And then I do it and I'm like, I don't know if this is good or bad. We'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> So you're we'll competing see. for Scrabble points in your article. Pretty much, yeah. I, um, Longest word. With, without, <laughs> without getting into the weeds into that, you're on the right track. With, you're on the right track, especially early on. But episode 284, before we go off on too much of a tangent, uh, is brought to you by the page producers. Um, so thank you guys for supporting the show. Um, if you can't support it monetarily, definitely can go on to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, download the podcast that helps us out with the algorithm, all that stuff, all that magical stuff that puts it in front of your face. That would help us a ton. But, uh, these are some of the people that help us, uh, you know, keep this, keep the lights on, let's say. Uh, so episode 284 is brought to you by Avril Vista, baby, battle cry, brief, I Broadspot, Buha, Picasso, Chris, R three, four, 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 Kasha, 67, Lotion, Porkchop, Sammy, Rexane, and our YouTube members, IMDRW, brother, Adam L, Sagi, Fumi, I Sam Jello, Fire Element 6, AK, and Chris R. Yeah, words are long and they're crazy and they're big and there's a lot of them. rap god. We try to get them, try to get them out. Try to rap god. I learned from the best. What can I say? Mm -hmm. So yes, we've had some some roster moves. Two time champion, three time finalist. Violet is now on the Houston Outlaws sidelining. Is it sidelining? Playing alongside, probably. It's a better word. Uh, shoot for the Houston Outlaws. That's uh kind of nuts. End of an era in some ways and. Building up maybe a new dream team. Lemon, initial thoughts there. I'm not trying to have like immense amounts of clickbait for this video, but is this the most goaded backline that's been announced so oh, far? I've, it has nasty. to be, right? It's like, disgusting. this has to be the best one. Uh, I guess we're still waiting on a couple of the teams, although. Sure. Are we'll they going to measure up, though? That's kind of feeling like the number one backline to me. Yeah, I I mean, in terms of that starting, I think Atlanta definitely gets close um, with Vigilante and uh, yeah. and Fila, right? Um, and Shio, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. I think in my heart of hearts, I still feel like, to some extent, Violet's career is still underrated because, like, he never got really the the MVP look that he probably should have taken gotten at some point i think there was a like especially during goats i i always will remember how how shock players specifically talked about violet um mm. at least towards the end and they were like definitely like this guy's the best player in the world and whatnot um and i also think it's pretty nuts that he, how well he was able to transition into the main support position and that in some way, he's actually in his old age, you know, old age being uh, for, for an <laughs> Overwatch player, is the one bringing the innovation, right? Mostly mm -hmm. in terms of being able to be an elite flex support, but then switch to the um, main support position, still maintaining, I think, like, he's still, as you would maybe expect, like, top, top tier um, damage output Lucio, and mm -hmm. these types of skills, um, it, 
yeah, to be innovating on that level at that point in your career is, yeah, that's that's pretty insane. And uh, not least, I mean, he, in his, I guess, fourth year, fifth year in the Overwatch League, he was one map away from uh, winning yeah. a third title. So um, at, at some point, you just got to look at this guy and also introduce him into the GOAT, uh, uh, you know, discussion uh, for sure. Yeah, it's. I think at this point you kind of have to, even though I've definitely banged the drum of like flexibility and you know, oh, supports. You know, they don't have the same demand as like a DPS would. Um, but as we're kind of progressing, and I think like you know, may he rest. You know, in in the most utter peace. Um, I think alarm in some ways probably was like the progenitor of this big very real push towards you know a support player no no subcategory just like somebody who can just do it all you throw them at, at, a, at a hero and they'll they'll be more than fine they'll be you know excellent at it um and i think violet proved a lot of people wrong in, in a very same in a very similar way last year a lot of people were myself included very skeptical of shock and being like okay like we've seen violet play lucio in the past like is this really going to be what cuts it for him? And yeah, like you said, look at his stats, look at his performances. It's it's pretty damn good. God forbid they get a, a double flex meta. Chu and Violet on like signature heroes? Bro, like, that's uh, not fair almost. That's kind of nasty. Kind of gross. Yeah. I'm going to vomit. I also think... I got food. Um, it's, it's very likely that he probably increased his salary making that move and i think at some point you probably gotta get so. the bag um sure so yeah good on him as well and i don't think they are a title favorite making having made that move but that very much is meta dependent right there is a yes a world where we're going into wins into dive metas generally then i'm actually counting on this team i don't think there's necessarily a team that at this point i would trust more to uh to rival them especially on winston comms once mm -hmm. you have fearless um then then this team i i do think in that particular domain they probably beat out shock for me not in aggregate got, but in that sure matter. i've got a follow-up there but i do want to hear lemon's thoughts there uh do you think like houston is you know in the title contending situation now kind of adding violet I, I just think that no one's... It doesn't feel like a lot of teams are even done building their roster. The fact that we're just at the bare minimum to support, two DPS, to one tank, I believe. At least I'm looking at Liquipedia. But um, I've, like, I agree with Yiska that there needs to be another tank here. Like, kind of the way that Han... Is it Han been filled out fearless in that way of just... This, there needs to be more filling of this roster. I, I do think Pelican's flexible enough. Like his Genji Echo, everything. I thought he performed really well overall. Mm -hmm. Happy is like that question mark for me because I remember like Gladiators were kind of saying like play style wise wasn't meshing or at least wasn't at their tempo. So it's more like Happy's my question mark for Houston. And sure. can they get like a third DPS, a second tank? And Shoe Violet, I have no worries about, mm -hmm. but. I, I guess, like, there, I give so much credit to Violet, but I also feel bad that he was just, like, in that proper shadow. Just the entire Shock roster was so good that you aren't looking at the back line, you're looking at the front to back. And especially as, like, a 
any casual viewer sees a kill feed, sees tank go in, sees DPS kill things, and no one can appreciate how much, even I still as a caster have a hard time appreciating all the nuances that supports bring and <laughs> And when they're just consistently good, there's no, nothing to report, right? So I wish, I, I'm definitely going to hopefully give more credit to Violet and just supports in general this year. Even when you have great players on amazing teams, those backline members, although they don't maybe get as much pressure, they don't have to deal with as much stress because their team is winning all the fights. Um, they still deserve like that. Those I wish those nuances were explored more either on the analyst desk or teleprompters, whatever, but either way, I think Houston can definitely be in that top four, top five in terms of title contending. Yeah, it depends on the meta and if they can get more DPS than that. Yeah, like you kind of skirted around the 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 kind of my follow-up question for the both of you is like, okay, if we had to pick, you know, I, I know that there's a big discussion around like, oh, is Fearless going to be able to kind of play the field? Like, is he going to be able to, you know, God forbid there's like a, a Diva meta or a Sigma meta, like is he going to like measure up to teams that can field you know, both a traditional flex tank and a traditional main tank player. Um, so if either of you had to pick, you know, one or the other, would you have an added DPS or would you want a, you know, more security when it comes to tanks? Yiska, is, are, are we looking for a tank or a DPS? That's a great question. Ideally both. Um, sure, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the, the happy is, I agree with Lemon. I think that's a pretty big issue mm. depending on what kind of meta like pelican can play pr pretty much everything and i trust him to do that but as soon as you're getting outside the hitscan territory i i have some issue with people just saying ah oh, xyz got a tracer yeah but like if you're a title contending team they have five tracers in the yeah. overwatch league that will take your lunch money right a every time like you're playing against the strikers the profits the you know like the the dig DKs, or and many, many more that I'm forgetting, right? Like, there's just such an elite class of tracers still out there. <coughs> Sugar free. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're trying too hard, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that, yeah, that's like serviceable is getting bullied yeah. realistically, right? So, that that's a problem. Um, I personally think that is as as much as i think that's not true for other teams this is probably houston's bigger problem than having a second tank even though i do think they're going to get a second tank um mm. i think probably junk park after a season of being sort of pigeonholed into certain comps because one of his off tanks was a one trick and then was gone and the other guy was a dps player um i think he doesn't want to be in that position where the tank is too limited and I would trust that he's going to pick up another uh, tank to fill out the six-man roster. I'm not sure how profile that player would be or whatnot, but sure. um, I think that's where my head is going. At the same time, I also think it's kind of interesting to consider a lot of those tank players are only as good, good as they need to be because the other player they're playing with ha have constantly covered their weaknesses, so they didn't have to work on those, right? So just because Fearless feels like such a prodigy on Winston, and we haven't seen him on much else other than maybe the Reinhardt, doesn't necessarily mean he can't learn that. I think, like mm. for instance, someone like Hanbin displayed that pretty well, that not only are these elite players pretty able to pick up new heroes, like a Junker Queen, uh, on a, a moment's notice, but that they, that like Hanbin's Winston was 
very good. And I trust him to even be very, very good next year. Maybe not elite fearless level. I don't think that many have ever reached that high. But I, I would trust Fearless himself to be pretty okay on the other mm. uh, tanks. Not on Ball, though. Sure. I think Ball is Not a problem. Ball? Ball has consistently been... I, I mean, even if you think back to the situation uh, that we had with Sh Shanghai and Dallas uh, in mm -hmm. Season 4... It's it's fine, but it's not going to be. You're not going to be able to compete against the absolute best. You like for teams like this, they're this stacked. You always have to look at the limit case, and who's goal keeping them from uh, from getting all the way, going all the way. And the problem is that someone like Jonbin is there, who's most definitely going to take your lunch money, right? Um, okay, f I guess fate is now out of the question there i i think like realistically they either maybe they think fearless's ball is fine enough like being one of the better ones in overwatch League's okay if we start the season with ball as like ball seems to be meta right now i'm not sure if that will stick around until league starts there's a lot of stuff that's still going to happen i would even say that's less likely to happen than not um but if that was to be the start you kind of want to be serviceable it's very unlikely that we're going to f keep flipping coins and keep Ball being the meta hero the throughout the entire season. And then mm -hmm. you hope to roll onto the Winston meta uh, for those guys, right? Ult ultimately, unfortunately, and as much as I, I know fans hate this, but at the highest level, and if the difference maker is, you know, the one map in the grand finals, then yes, absolutely, Overwatch League is a gamble in terms of the metas that you roll, right? Like, it, it, I'm, I'm still confident that Gladiators could have played way better if we're get, getting better meta comps for them uh, during Season 5. So, in order to get the most out of their team and be prepared for the most metas... I do think they should probably get a DPS player, but they probably will get a, a backup tank. I I think I have more hope in Fearless than maybe you do. Although I, I saw kind of those inconsistencies when they when Dallas were bouncing between Fearless and Hanbin, when they had a lot more success with Hanbin during the Zarya metas. But wasn't it Fearless that got, what, MVP of playoffs or whatever? Grand, final. yeah. Grand finals. So it's like obviously performed really well at most recently. And I think if he can just step up on the ball, I think ball has always been like a safe meta pig. Now with Junker Queen, I'm, I'm wondering how that matchup goes. If it's just easy to just Junker Queen into Fearless and then you make him useless. That's, that's like the part I'm worried about of just Junker Queen into Winston Hammond. Does he have a counter for that? Um, and then that's when I still really wish you had like a Han bin here for a Zarya counter for that. But I kind of... I feel like we're underrating that Pelican fearless dive of like a Genji Winston, Genji Hammond, because if they can just execute the backline, doesn't really matter who the other tank is. Yep. So it's more about the coordination there around Pelican and fearless that I'm excited about. And if happy can just land like a shot or two, we're chilling there too. So it's like, I'm putting stock into the dive being amazing, whether it's Hammond dive or Winston dive. And I wouldn't say they're, I would, want a third dps because if it's just gonna be pellet like i'm not hating on happy but let's say he's not competing with the other sojourns or other hit scans that's where i think the first pick in fights can also 
turn results a lot. And if Happy isn't getting first picks and we need to set up around Pelican and Fearless, it's a lot of time being wasted. So like your hit scan is really important. At least the Sojourn metas prove that. Yep. So Happy being that liability is where I think a third DPS and like a really solid hit scan. But obviously you don't bring on Happy if you don't think he's capable of that. And obviously learn his lesson from being dropped by Glads for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, I think like if they if it's Sojourn again, they should probably be pretty okay. I think it's probably not super representative of what Happy did. And like he was very good. Um, yeah, his Sojourn ju justice, right? Um, yeah. I think yeah. Once we get off the hit scan, a two DPS setup yeah. uh, is is honestly in my mind. I'm not sure if in in bra in in everything that happy is necessarily an upgrade to merit um i think like keeping merit on i'm not sure if he had a contract existing contract if he could have just exercised the option i'm not sure if that would have not been the most more cost effective way uh to to solve the dps issue Mm. But even with merit, I would definitely would like to have another backup. I think the the Mayhem are in a very similar situation where they had to make that call in terms of like, are we getting a third one? They now have this, you know, a, a, um, sort of developmental player as a backup. That could be a way for Outlaws. I, ideally, they get two more players. Honestly, like if they can, it's it's a problem if a lot of the roster is pretty well compensated and then you go min on two other players sure. but i think that's fine if you have some some talent that really needs to prove themselves and you see more than the rest of the league and the market thinks they you do mm -hmm. i'm i'd be worried about houston trying to develop players again because they had lep and doge and i felt True. they didn't whether it's on the players whether it's on the team whether it's a mix of both they've already proven that they can't really do much with new raw talent mm -hmm. or at least i know they're changing their coaching stuff with you know jake being gone or who i don't know if they're adding anyone else they're just relying on who did they who's junk buck still there or yeah junk buck yeah. i don't know who i don't know but it didn't i i wasn't having wasn't very impressed with how underutilized those two were sure. and from watching them in tier two i definitely thought they had the potential uh you know friend bias aside uh, I think Houston, if they have any dollars left, I imagine they don't have much taking Fearless from Fuel post MVP and Violet and et cetera. Like, I, I just, I don't know how how you have any money left, but I hope that they have, they can scrounge up something. But if it's a tier two player, I pray for them and hoping that they're not like crashing their career the way that mm -hmm. I felt like the Houston crashed uh, Lep and Doge. Definitely, you know, put them in like a little bit of a holding pattern was definitely... I, I will echo a lot of those same sentiments where it was like it was a it was a nice try, but you know, uh, probably wasn't ever really gonna have too many too many legs to stand. And I think if I had to pick a side myself, I would probably lean more towards you know Camp Lemon here um, for for a lot of different reasons. Like we've seen Happy perform really well at Sojourn. Love love me some Happy Sojourn. <laughs> but I think as we move into more metas that demand or, or that are a little bit more flexible, I think a lot of people are a little bit stunlocked from last last season's playoffs because it was so rigid. It was just one composition. We knew what we were playing. There wasn't much flexibility. As we enter, you know, the season format again, 
stuff's going to change. Stuff's going to shuffle about, right? We've seen happy on the Houston outlaws in the past on the gladiators, on the justice. They try every team consistently tries to tease him out on some of these, you know, flank DPS picks, whether it be the Sombro, whether it be the tracer. And it just isn't there. It, it, it's just not there. And I don't know that they're going to necessarily get away from or, or get be allowed to just run Sojourn predominantly with Happy. And I don't know that you want to necessarily have like a Tracer specialist and then a Sojourn slash long range hitch long range hit scan specialist and have to be like really rigid on who and where you use them, right? I don't think I think you want somebody that ideally can do both and in some ways that person can be Pelican, but then you lose out on your Genji and your Echo. And it's, it's this weird DPS, you know, lever pulling that it, it feels like Houston always since the, the beginning of time has to try to figure out. Um, Tracer in general just feels like Houston's million dollar question. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think um, much, much so kind of what you were talking about lemon. Like I think fearless, God forbid, let's just, you know, write fearless off completely on ball. Um, I, I hate to be a little chung do pilled, but I think <laughs> I think you could probably just get by with a Winston and just be okay. But you know, if we're talking about you know championship aspirations, then yeah, I I, I think you know I think Yiska's on the money there too. Where it's like you need if you're gonna shoot for a title and you're gonna pay the big bucks, like you said, you know, for Violet and Fearless, and you know, you're keeping on Pelican who probably isn't you know, uh, you know, getting paid nothing, right? Like he's he's catching a bag himself. Uh, you know, you're going to want to fill out this roster completely if, if you want to challenge people like the Shock, um, who have just, you know, recently added, you know, the, I won't say worst kept secret because, you know, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Who knows? I'm not going to say vice versa. But, you know, somebody who I think the community overall assumed was definitely going to the Shock following the O2 boys over. Um, and, like, it feels like the Shock are just kind of, shoe wins at this point you know you have 2021's mvp rookie of the year and roll star you know the trifecta in proper you have he saying which is like the next coming this this new graduating you know demon coming out of korea max who's fantastic we've seen vindane be successful we've seen finn be great the big question was whether or not they were going to fill out the tank line lo and behold they fill out the tank line are we just given shock the championship lemon no I don't, I know. I, I, maybe I'm just so gloomy because how do you dominate the season and then lose so many of your good players? Sure. Like, is this like, did they lose them or did they can't afford the raise that you want? So have fun because obviously I would imagine you'd be happy being on the shock unless you're Sam and you were just like bench riding and it's, <laughs> Why would no one else want to fight to stay on the Shaw? Mm. So that's already like a, like, why did this even change in the first place? So beyond that, so now looking at the changes beyond just questioning why they happened in the first place, I don't know who, I really haven't watched backs at all. And I don't know, probably seen he sang once or twice, but how many times have we put cope into contenders players coming into owl and how many times have like, those been disappointments and i'm saying as a general broad i know that's maybe more on the na even na actually i mean they turned atlanta and stuff i i just i'm not gonna give automatic wow they did amazing sure. in contenders they're obviously gonna do amazing on 
on in owl but my my cope i guess for shock that they could do well is that they have very like a very good backroom of people like you don't build championship rosters and like i say that they, they already had player quality for a long time so maybe it's not i always thought it's not as it's not very difficult to coach good players but they're just amazing but um now i'm looking at the shock and i'm like you don't pick these people up unless you know what you're doing and although i don't know much about max and he's saying i'm gonna hold off on hyping them up until I watch more of their VODs. Like, you guys know more about what they did on O2, but at least you kept proper. Vin Dime, I've always been a huge fan of. And, and Finn, I mean, just that whole backline of shock is a shadow to what everyone else was sure. doing, which part of the whole successful package that they were. Um, I still think this is... I, maybe this is a hot take, but I preferred last season's shock. <laughs> but I don't know why you would change something that's not broke, but... Sure. Well, let's go for it i guess that's crazy right like you you have like examples of like what they're doing like the, it's a little bit more like okay there's 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 a proof of concept here that's very successful you're one wipe away from winning right you know bringing in Kaluj last minute and you know vice versa so like there's 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 reason to believe that like maybe if it wasn't broke don't fix it but yeah, the know. thing is like as far as i understand it the american tornado player has had this blood pact that made it impossible to run it back with, for the shock because they only had one year contracts, uh, Collusion Sam, and mm -hmm. they apparently promised each other if none of us are going to win the final, we are gotta run it back. Okay, and um, they're doing just that. They got one map away from it, but it's also in in terms of where shock is going generally. Yes, shock is the most winning organization of all time. They also haven't won shit in two years. I hey, mean, second place is still a bag. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't care. Definitely, like, very respectable. And I like that energy. But, like, how many other teams can we just apply that to? Where it's just like, name, name the a team. The elite ones? Not many. Sure. The elite ones, not many. That's that's very fair. Is that is that Shanghai? They've done some things. Shock. They won a season, yeah. Joel. Yeah, they have won a season in the last years. I was even looking at like stages. I was like, right. okay, well, they have. Soul I mean, they won a season. Uh, Glad's won a, a stage. Uh, Soul won a stage. Sorry, Glad's. sorry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both of yeah, both of those won yeah. at least a stage or a mid-season. Which once sure. again, I'm I'm. We gotta juice up that. Running too. my propaganda yeah. to to say this was at least as meaningful as the grand final, um, and. I think the only team that probably hates it more is uh, Outlaws. Even though yeah. the, I, I would say I struggle to put them in the same tier as Shock. So yes, like it, I, I feel like as as good as Shock have been in the uh, in the context of history, they mm -hmm. definitely need to win some. And sure. there's now far less opportunities to win some. Um, so I think uh, this is... This is a good shot at winning it all. I think definitely for me, they they have the, uh, the they are the favorites. I do think they could have made one or two more moves that would have greatly increased the chances. Um, mm. Like I, I I think there's I, I lo love that they picked up the Jordan uh, Max tour. I think that's that's as perfect as you can get uh, with their approach. I mm. think. You definitely want probably another flex support. If you could have gotten someone like Vigilante or whatever, that could have been nuts for you. Fielder was apparently on the market, right? Uh, yeah. Shu was on the market. 
all flying by. Twilight was on the market, didn't get that one. Like, uh, there's there was a possibility, and then you let Violet go as well, right? Um, so the support line, as crazy good as this backline is, I still think they they could stand or gain from one. And then you're putting a lot of pressure on Hisang this year. And we already know Proper can do it all. You know who, like, I think it's fair to say, like, Kilo, that probably should have been considered a lesser talent than Hisang. But that's a guy that definitely didn't live up to the potential. No. For various reasons, I'm sure. But that's that, that's a question mark. Now, if Hisang has a similar... La whatever percentage Kilo won lost in terms of like what he's generally capable of and what he actually showed in the shock, if Hisang has such an opportunity, you're now gambling away your championship without backups. And you're running a full Korean team, meaning, you know, like getting someone over to assist that, it's going to be very hard with these visa situations. You're almost in trade territory. You probably don't want to spend that much. You, you probably want another DPS player here. Yeah, I agree. I also feel like we're not going to see shock at that strength for a while. Personally, when you just gut your entire roster and it feels like you have to start from scratch. And then who is like the leader person on this team where I I always thought like Kaluj was like that that leader, that that dad persona guy. Sure. And I'm looking at a lot of young players. And who leads this? I don't know anything about Max or Junbin, and they they all seem like freshly 18 coming out of contenders. So yeah. This is a young squad that has like a lot to learn in terms of like the pressures of the league. Like that whole regime is is totally different. The competition is obviously way better than contenders, I would say. Um, so how bad are they going to look at the beginning? Is I, I to be expected and and not bad as in bad for shock. Okay, sure. not like winning three zero every match type of shit, but more like. Giving up maps to teams they shouldn't, maybe even dropping series on the first week or two to people they shouldn't just while getting adjusted. It depends if we have like a hyper coordinated meta or if it's more like a divey, like kind of do your solo play meta. Like it's so dependent on that as well that I, I, I'm keeping my expectations low, but I think these players have a high ceiling. Clearly, that's why Krusty would, would I mean, and the whole team would bring these guys on. I think that's like the safest option because i think a lot of the points you bring up are like very rooted in reality right like shock since mm, it's not fair to say goats but i think i think like in a post goats world shock has always been kind of slow to like adjusting and like even last year like i think we again we get a little stun locked by like r reminiscing on like how absurd proper was at sojourn and how quickly you know the striker acquisition was and how well they adapted to like the, the the playoff meta that's that's fine and dandy but if you go back and you look at that regular season they're going to game five against the justice and then they're losing you know early on in one of the stages and they're absent you know you, you, want, you want to talk about kilo being you know kind of lackluster homie didn't even show up for the gladiators game in the finals of the one of those stage playoffs <laughs> mid-season um like shock has some growing pains it feels like throughout the seasons maybe a fully korean roster solves that maybe a lot of these rookies won't have any kind of you know stage adjustment you know they won't have any kind of you know league expectation you know worries a lot of that may just kind of go by the wayside just from you know the the characters that they are 
but to completely write them in, I, I think that's kind of where the community setting and, you know, I, I definitely want to echo a lot of what, what Lemon's saying, where it's just like, okay, like, you know, we can place expectations, but let's not just completely write off, you know, any of these other teams. We have seen content, like you, like you said, we have seen contenders players in the past not necessarily live up. Um, and it would just also be the most Overwatch thing possible where we get some crazy off meta patch and like the team that we expected to win it all, <laughs> New York, <laughs> maybe Titans, who knows? You know, just they just aren't they did they can't like persist all the way to the end or or maybe there's just a patch that like throws them into a slump or or tilts them to God knows where. And, you know, it, it feels very overwatch to have like these these uncrowned kings like these 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 people you just expect to win it all just get thrown a curveball and they're just left on their ass like, oh, and here comes, you know, somebody like the gladiators or Atlanta. That's just like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Like we've we hit snake eyes on this gamble and you know, we're, we're running the casino now. Like it's, it feels very overwatch and it feels like shocker. There's this, there's this like trap door under them that we're just waiting to see pulled. And I, and I don't want to curse them or I don't want to like set them up for failure, but like the way that the community is looking at this team for good reason is just like almost blowing it out of proportion. So there's, there's this like a, a natural recoil. It feels like. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes from especially trust in uh, Hisang. Um, on the topic, like we said, like who's the leader of this team? That's proper now. This is, by the way, the, all of this these off-season moves of the shock communicates that to me. This is now proper's team, and it should be. It absolutely should be, right? Um, I think there's a legitimate culture reason you can just say okay we had some success with you in the past violet like mm -hmm. this this for for most of the time you were like a very integral part you just gotta gotta start new we gotta figure this out we gotta focus on one guy this is the best player in the world right now it's probably going to be the best pl player in the world next year and this is this is the best play we have and he's also running a ton of um strategies for us and in-game calling like that's our guy and like if he wants those guys then we should probably put some weight on that I'm not saying he's he's the full ceo of san francisco shock now <laughs> but you absolutely need to give your uh star player the resources and also some roster say we've we've heard it from from other players yep. like profit right so um as as long as you are satisfied with what the proper system is delivering to you. And I would say being one map away from winning it all is pretty good, especially considering the how the season went and how, uh, how much they had to sort of figure out on the fly with super retiring super late and um, like also then the meta situation and whatnot. I think that's mm -hmm. th that still was a rather successful season. Oh, now... I feel like, especially because they have everything figured out so early and had for such a long time and have that pre-existing injury, I'm less concerned for their season start. I think like also initial scrim rumors are that they come out of the gate pretty strong. Of course, this is once again on the ball matter. Like, I'm not as concerned until we, of course, get the patch. I think we... we is there, isn't there a support hero before that? Um, that's that's a question mark to, to yes. me. In terms of like where that could go, so we'll see. This is um, this is an interesting one, but yeah, for for me, 
this is a very clear departure from what might have been the reign of Violet into full full master head on on proper. I mean, it would just fit the. <laughs> I think the the narrative that uh, Avril kind of once again, you know, you know, penned forward into the ether that proper is this like faker esque player for the Overwatch League, where it's like, yeah, if if I get this generate like hyper generational talent, I, I with the emergence of proper, I almost wonder if we're throwing the the title around a little bit too much. Um, but when you get one of those players, yeah, I, I am securing him for guaranteed number of years you know give him equity in the company i don't care give him you know put him in the, put him in the ceo's office get him up there with you know andy and and just just hold on to him for dear life because if if he can do this for multiple years and it seems like he's on track to do that uh yeah this is this is something special and i think and selfishly yeska i'm gonna ask you to like hopefully get an answer to that question or, or maybe just get like something in the ether from Krusty's lips that's like, yes, this is Proper's team now. Like, he is in charge. <laughs> like, because that, to me, signals like this, this not new, because I know for sure that, like, teams have been doing this in the past, and, like, they've had star players to have, like, you know, whether or not they want to admit they had say-so, they definitely had say-so. Um, because it sends a lot of credence to the idea, a lot of like of of these like trap players that we've talked about in the past, where like somebody like a Yaki that's like hyper hyper talented, but like needs to be the center of this team, and you need people to kind of build around him. Proper seems to be like the exception to that rule, where it's just like, okay, you are actually too good to pass up, so we need to filter and build a team around you. And I think maybe there's more room for you know other franchises to kind of do that in the future with you know talent that you know, aren't proper, but are competitive and super, super, you know, you know, gifted in that way that they can, you know, adapt and play and be super aggressive and be very stylistic. It's just, you know, fitting that style and letting them be, you know, have more control, let's say, having a little bit more autonomy. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> yeah. Shocker, it's tough. They're 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 a scary bunch. Yeah, I, I felt like they were in a league of their own in terms of like how this roster was built in terms of the qualities like i feel like yes there are some holes here as we outlined they were not mm -hmm. as glaring as all the other teams that were at the top like as we said about outlaws very clear sure. limitations to where they can go i think the same is true for boston the same was true for atlanta now, atlanta recently like made some moves as well i personally true. i think Atlanta's now shocked here. Maybe that's not represented right now in, in scrim results. I, I actually don't know. I, I kind of question if that's true. I haven't uh, looked into that one. But um, yeah, I I think this is... that I, I always assumed, by the way, I'll tell you right now, that's not a thing that's changed in the last two weeks, the jump and pickup. Um, so it's... It, for me, I always always like sort of counting that in that this mm. was uh going to be uh the ro roster they're going going with as soon as the seven age of 17 thing was dropped which was yeah. pretty close to the, the signing window opening which probably also made that's probably when the decision was made uh, and some some stuff was switched around uh because a talent like John Bin you also don't want to pass up so yeah i think like even equating all of that in um, it's. It, I think it's now a two horse, maybe three horse race. 
I mean, as we kind of pivot to Atlanta, because, you know, I have to just, you know, wash any and all opinions I had previously on the Atlanta reign. I was a big Atlanta, you know, anti-fan. I was like, nah, man, I don't know. (laughs) Hawk's job is in jeopardy, guys. I don't know. I don't know if you've been paying attention to esports, you know, as a whole for a long time, but, uh, you know, not necessarily, you know, super stable in that way. I'd love to see, you know, a Korean tank come in and just kind of homogenize the team together a little bit. Not to say that, you know, teams can't do that, but it's tough. And I don't know that many teams, you know, are very honest with themselves when it comes to that. Um, And, you know, Atlanta recently signing Donghak. I don't know next to anything about the guy. I don't really even care at this point. Um, I think Atlanta's always had very like talented scouting, so I will just wash my hands of just like anything regarding the actual skill of the player and just go, I'm I'm okay with this. Like having Hawk there, maybe even just in case, vice versa. I know that I think a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, Dong Hack will be a just in case. I'm I'm skeptical. I, I said very, the same, very, very similar things last year when it came to Boston, where it was like, ah guys, I don't know how this team's gonna work. I can see them just going fully Korean at some point. Lo and behold, um, I think Hawk is very talented. I don't know how this team necessarily works out, especially, you know, uh, if they start maybe a little slower than, you know, maybe what they expect. So, uh, you you know, you kind of talked about them being, you know, pushed into the shock tier, but, you know, does the Scrimbuck Stock Exchange have positive positive things to say about Donghack? Or have you heard, like, stirrings in that way? Okay, so in terms of scrims, I don't want to comment on that yet. I also sure. think this is a little known fact, but like I'm pretty sure Atlanta is scrimming in Korea right now. Um, oh, okay. So well, I mean, that's... like it's it's a little bit dubious where Reddit sources say, like in terms of quality. <laughs> sources, it was me. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of uh the quality of Donghak. I think especially during his stay at Runaway, he was sort of seen like as one of those um, wrecking ball. I think Prodigy for for that is a little bit strong. I think that was always Jonbin, and then okay. I believe the other guy was was it Jihun? Um, that that's definitely a ball player that's floated around. For that, those were that. always the two names that I heard brought up. That those guys, okay. especially like. Uh, during the ball matters that we've had, I think that was actually mm-hmm. season four. Yeah, they those stuck out in terms of scrims and uh, against teams that were trying to get a, the okay. ball rolling, if you want. Um, but oh, you're punny today. Wow. But Donghak, yeah, I think th- this is strictly positive. I also vehemently disagree with the Reddit take that this means Hawk won't start. I think that might happen if we actually start in a ball matter because it's very easily. Box, uh, Hawk's worst hero. Sure. I think he's still a starter for the Atlanta Reign, if you know anything about the organization and their setup. I I agree. Um, do you expect that to be the case long-term, though? Do you really expect Hawk to start long-term? Look... Obviously, meta, metas aside. This is a little bit weird. Like, okay... Hybrid rosters, A-OK, we're chilling. One, like, two Western players on Shock. Oh, yeah, it's no problem. One guy? Oh, Cap, this can't work. Like, they are now, like, completely incapable of communicating with with each other. I think that's Overwatch, in terms of Overwatch language. Yes, there is something that... 
I think what a lot of people are saying the the cost of doing that it's a question yeah. if one player warrants it I think it there are very many matters where that is true for Hawk where okay. he is actually good enough to warrant whatever little debuff in terms of language you're uh, you're picking the problem is the problem I don't is know that if you're committing that's a, that's a slip of the tongue or if you genuinely believe that this is a little debuff I think that's Hawk has been Maybe. playing on on hybrid teams for practically his entire Overwatch League career. Sure, I think this is a different kind of hybrid team. No, I think this is a little bit more extreme than is just. It? How do you, how do people think they communicate with Gator? Is he also just not a head coach? Is just a guy sitting in a seat, not talking Korean or like talking with the Koreans at all? I that's just another criticism that I have of the team. I think I got to lean on the side of I think we're underrating how difficult it is for a tank to do anything. I think it's sure. very dependent on the person and how the tank's playstyle goes. Like, for example, like a Dante um, might have had like a lep to talk to or something or maybe like one other person on Houston. But he was such an independent tank and he, he is confident in his own decision making that he will go do something and he... And it's very easy to read what he's up to and how to prep the team. And it's just, you don't have to communicate with someone like Dante. Mm. But like speaking to people like Doge or others who had to come into a mixed roster and they don't have that confidence or they need more of a confirmation from the team before doing something or they prefer a more democratic environment. That's where I think like that mixed roster, that tank that can't talk to anyone else is going to suffer. Mm. And I don't know Hawk well enough to know, like you seem to think that he's had experience just uh, not being able to talk to anyone. Even just talking to one other person makes a world of a difference. Just having one other person on your page, whether it's a supporter DPS, is in a massive difference between not being able to talk to anyone. And mm. Hawk, I don't know if anyone else on this roster speaks English, so I can't speak to that. But if he has no one else to talk to, that is a massive struggle. And I don't, I think you he say, would be like a good filler until Donghak is prepared to start, yeah. is what my assumption would be. Do you mean in game in terms of uh, like the yeah, communication comms. in game? Oh, okay. Not socially. Um. No, no, just like preparing for, like, um, for Dive, for example, like when it was Dante and Doge, like I kind of heard a, a bit about just how difficult it was to just, okay, I want to go in. And then you hear a Korean player say, no, 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 no. And then you can't really decipher what's what the problem is. Because yes, there's very easy comms of like, okay, Dive top or Tracer, 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 like easy comms like that. But I'm talking about like actual planning of, okay, I want to do this. And if hawk needs to confirm that or now that he's with different people that he hasn't competed with before if he's not determined enough to make his own decisions and needs to talk with more people we might see more hesitation from that front line and you know in overwatch you just can't hesitate especially on dives at least it, if it's more of a junker queen or sigma meta then you have time to kind of chill out but if it's like quick metas where yeah. you have to hammond winston jump in there's no time to have this group talk and to decipher what the Koreans want to do versus what you want to do. And is there a respect level for what Hawk wants to do? Hopefully he has gathered that respect because then that's a whole other topic. But mm -hmm. I think Hawk is going to struggle if he has no one else to talk to. But he's such a good player that I hope that he has the confidence to just go for it and expect everyone else to follow him. Yeah. And I, and I think I, I agree with what Yiska is saying, where it's just like, I, I wholeheartedly believe that like, 
you know, Gator and Wizard and Sefi probably all want Hawk to start and they probably will try to like strong arm is a, is a strong word, but like, I think that he is good enough to start wholeheartedly. Like he should probably be the starter, but I think there is a difficulty in my mind throughout an entire season. If things start to go a little South, the natural progression of these teams as I think to look, look at the root and say, look, our communication is, is, you know, could, could be worked on. How do we just quickly solve communication? We just talk in one language. We, we don't have to worry about translating and having wizard kind of try to format like a weird overwatch, you know, shorthand. I know that, you know, I think it was Kasaurus. You had an interview with him last year um, that that was something that the shock had to do, right? Like to create this new, you know, not new language, but to, to try to simplify, you know, or to simplify big ideas within the game. It's difficult. It's, you know, I, I hope they do it because this is a team I, I agree should be doing extremely well, should have very, very high expectations. And I think that's like mostly warranted right at this point. Um, and I think there is a, a world where Wizard Young can be that bridge to bring in, you know, everybody together to kind of translate on the fly to create big ideas. You know, I'll say what I want, you know, in the past about him, but he's, you know, persisted around, done very well with Soul for a long time. I, I expect, you know, and I trust, you know, Gator and Sefi to, you know, have their wits about them when it comes to like bringing people in the front office. Um, and, you know, obviously we've seen Wizard in the past is very, you know, confident in his English you know, speaks fluent Korean, you know, he can bridge that gap. It's just in the marathon as much as, you know, we talk about how there are significantly less games this season than there were in seasons past. It is a long season. Do we think that Hawk is necessarily going to persist? That's kind of like, I, I guess where it sounds like we differ, where it's like, I'm not so sure. It's not a question of skill. It's more a logistical question, at least for me. But okay. How did Shock work last year? They did pretty successful. Uh, and that, to me, there's a lot of faith pre-built when you have people like a Krusty kind of leading the organization that have been super successful. You have players that have also, you know, been very successful in the past that you're, I again, I'm, I'm hyper-projecting into the minds of a player at the moment, <laughs> where I'm just like, okay, how do I... How how do I as a player not tilt off the face of the universe when I and I have like a hard time communicating with like the person sitting next to me in situations like Lemon commented where it's just like there's no time to like second guess or question I just have to like trust that you know what you're doing how do I not just completely lose faith if, if something goes sour right because like we said just in the topic previously there were plenty of times where shock just went south right and I I think that's more a systemic thing that. I think you can look at shock as the edge case and say, yes, they're really good at doing that. But I don't think we can just apply that to the league as a whole. It's like, oh, well, shock does it. Then everybody can do it. It's like, I don't know that everybody has what shock has, right? I don't think they have that system. That's not a question as to Gator skill as a coach. That's not a question to Wizard Young as his skills as a coach. That's not a question on Sefi and his, you know, analytical or scouting skills. There's, I think there is something within the shock system that they have a very, you know, I think they have a lot of experience dealing with these rosters. I don't know that Atlanta's system is like foolproof in that way. So I'm a little bit more skeptical. I, I like the shock example, but I don't know that we can just apply it to the league as a whole and say, oh, well, they do it. Why can't 
Yeah. Everybody else. The, the shock example is is interesting to me, and I'm like thinking about it. First, I Sam barely got any play time, so he, you know, didn't have to worry about him. It was mostly the Mikey Kalouche situation where Mikey only came in on control maps, and his only job was ball go in, ball slam, ball call target. <laughs> like, it, there's not a, intense planning besides the pre planning of how you're going to play the map, and that can be decided before you go into it. In terms of comms during the game, I think, I as really mess up as it sounds i feel like the tanks are more followers of what the rest of the koreans on the shock were saying whether it's proper is you know on tracer he's getting most of the intel he calls the targets where what's going on and all he has to, and all kalush has to do is anchor cart as diva or follow along and mikey on control maps you know just don't fuck up and just slam but uh, slam targets and call targets i i don't think the tanks on shock I, and i'm that's assuming just based on what i watched it felt more of a dps led team in terms of how the fights progressed than something initiated by the tanks in terms of all Mikey has to do in terms of initiate is call who he's slamming in terms of like proper planning of, okay, once we go in, this happens, I'm going to use this ult. And I don't know. That's just the vibe I got from the shock was it's more, you follow what proper or the rest are calming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably a salient argument, especially because I think Hawk historically is a pretty vocal player and is someone that will give you, give the team um, ideas or like say what what's happening. I think that will be harder. That's definitely a big caveat for me as well. I think I don't think it's necessarily one on one comparable. I also agree that the, uh, the shock have demonstrated certain capabilities in terms of you know running these hybrid roster situations and mm. having like uh, everyone be um, fluent in both languages on the coaching staff. Mm. I think uh, what what concerns me a little bit more is the social situation. Uh, and there are some interesting... I, I think, like, I'm not too concerned about, like, Hawk and Gator. Like, they are, like they have been playing alongside each other. Is, is there now a hierarchical issue? I don't, I don't think that's a particular problem. The one thing that I think might be a problem is that from last year, only Vigilante stuck around, and he wasn't even with uh, Atlanta for the entire year. So whatever social standing Hawk had in that team, he has to earn it back but yeah. via trust. And if you know pro player environments, it's hierarchies are skill-based, right? Oh, social you want a great example of this? There's a little thing called the Dunzo Manifesto. I'm going to drop some esports lore for oh, okay. that, right? <laughs> Way back when in the days of yore in ye old League of Legends, there is this famous player called, uh, without naming names, uh, we'll call him Liftliff, okay? Now, Liftliff was a great, great League of Legends player in the old NA region. And lo and behold, when, when trust is broken because your skill isn't so great, you don't want to listen to him, right? You, you don't want to follow along to what Liftliff has to say. This is all public. You can go look it up and read it if you want. And I don't think that magically in today's day and age in 2023, we've magically gotten past that, right? We're all uh, <laughs> egocentrical to some degree. And uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with what Yusuke is saying, right? Like you, you got to earn that trust from your teammates. And I think there's some intrinsic stuff that happens like initially. That's just like, cool, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to give it and, and trust you with everything that I've got. But the second that trust gets questioned, Am I going to take that call immediately? Am I going to have that implicit trust? I don't know, right? It's difficult. And and I, I, I 
really want to underline what Yiska is saying here because it's it's something that I don't think we were were necessarily always honest with ourselves about. It's uh, it's like it feels like Atlanta. Like I, Hawk did so much work last season. Sorry, just to be like sure. the mega hyper flexible tank to fill that gap. Yeah. yeah for for gator and i think maybe gator saw just and had that respect for him i think you he already has that respect and why gator found himself better to be a coaching role of how can i help everyone else be sure. better um because gator definitely fell short and i think it's it takes a really humble and like mature person to step back and say i'm done and here's where i can contribute which is clearly clearly the smarts i gotta admit that originally when i saw gator move to coach i was like really questioning it because i feel like what not a ton of time we've seen like player turn to coach and especially like a head coach where you have to organize the coaches it's not just about being smart it's about being a leader and that dad figure and organizing everybody and and running a system and I, that's that's the part i was worried about for gator becoming coach but i've heard so many good things about gator as like a person and as a coach that like i have a lot of faith in him stepping into that role and keeping hawk tells me that he knew that hawk was just the best person on that team I, and i say performing wise because i think there was a lot of potential in speedily and venom that were just completely underutilized but I digress from that. Keeping Hawk was the best thing they could do because he turned that team around uh, last season. Oh, for sure. And I think there's there's something to even players playing against Hawk and being like, you know, maybe I, maybe I can't calm with you. Maybe I'm not, I'm not in the locker room, but like I can see the skill like on you know on the server. And I think there's a lot of like implicit respect, you know, in that same way. But I think there is something different to being in a team with somebody. And like it again, none of this is ever a question of skill. And I think I give a lot of I give Atlanta a hard time specifically because they can be so good, right? Like if we are going to measure them against the shock and we do kind of look at like what's what are possibly the factors that could limit them, it feels like a big logistic question for me of like how does this team really get to that like hyper potential? Because you go down the list, the hawk, the vigilante, the stalker, the lip, like this is a team that should be winning championships. So how like, how do we prepare ourselves in some ways for them maybe not to necessarily uh, meet expectations? And but you got, if, like, a new coach. Yeah. Like, Gator is, like, first time being a head coach, and it's a mixed roster. Yeah. Good luck. And then I don't know much about Wizard Young. I mean, like, his experience otherwise. But in terms of converting that into results, like, uh, this is going to be interesting how the back room deals with yeah. this player pool, right? <laughs> it, it, it should never be a question of skill. This is not a skill question for Atlanta. They've passed that with flying colors. It's, hot, like what is everything orbiting this team does it does it fall apart or can they just fly the ship in to the playoffs and land in the finals like we should expect them to yeah i th i think also one thing that we also have to consider is like hawk is now being healed by fielder like i i think in terms of <laughs> the ability to hard carry from a tank position has greatly improved like i'm not you know, shit talking ultraviolet here, but feel is just the highest HPS uh, flex support by a ton in this league, right? Like he, he's the East that specialist. And even if you don't play that, then you still got probably, I would say probably the best uh, offensive flex support on that team as well. Um, mm -hmm. I, by the way, I'm not capping when I say I, I would put Vigilante ahead of Shu next year and, and that uh, ability to hard carry from that position. Yeah. Um, so, so I think like this will be interesting to see just like with a little bit of backup, 
yes, there's a coordination issue, but there's also like just a vast upgrade uh, mm -hmm. on that position, which necessarily or really greatly impacts the ability for a tank to move, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, all of that. I, I agree with the caveats. I, I also think like if Atlanta doesn't live up to their potential, what you guys brought to the table is very likely to be the thing that went wrong. And it's it's such an annoying, like, I, why can't, I think it's the Tower of Babel. Hopefully I'm remembering my, I think it's <laughs> biblical history, right? Like, why can't we just, like, speak into the Google phone and translate on the fly? It would be so much easier to, you know, have these, like, hyper, super cool teams of, like, these all-stars coming together to, you know, play alongside one another. But the more that I, I feel like I dig into esports, the more it does feel a little bit more interpersonal than we we tend to let on. But before i i completely stand london and the the, the the 2022 season um there is you know this crazy big you know format change that you know it'd be remiss to get you know somebody who you know was very pivotal i i, I don't think that's like too crazy to say pivotal in you know covering tier two whether it be content creation and, and casting and you know being an expert in tier two and then making your way to the overwatch league like how does it feel to hear about the pro-am I feel like I've, it's just been nailed in my brain that it would just ruin franchises <laughs> and all true. that. And I've just heard everyone barking about that, that I, I've wanted this for so long that now it's just so late that I'm just like, eh, I don't want it anymore. But oh, <laughs> like, no. I wish it was from the start. You know, I right. wish this was just the path to pro from the start. Mm -hmm. And now that like the league's been built up around these franchises, now it's. That could be, we could maybe not see some of them in like the midseason madness or whatever. Um, I, I think it is a really awesome opportunity. Um, do I think tier two stands a chance in terms of the Western side of things? No, I wish this was a thing before the Atlanta rain, you know, the American tornado got picked up because how amazing would it be to have American tornado slap a bunch of owl teams around? Like that's, that's the time I wanted to see this happen. Not when every source of talent from tier two has been extrapolated from tier two and now we're left with scraps and now we got to see the scraps go up against you know six figure teams so it's i think it, i think personally at least the western side of things is going to be a beat down minus you know the the stragglers of the bottom of owl that will just further prove that their roster sucks or you know they're badly managed but it, it'll be a nice spotlight maybe on some tier two teams maybe on the korean or eastern side of things um and it's obviously an amazing opportunity for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. It does, it would just, it'll suck for the few owl teams. I think, the, I think the only result that we're going to get out of this is that the, the bottom owl teams are just going to be hammered even harder about how much their roster sucks more than everyone else is already doing right now. And I don't think there's going to be a tier two team on the Western side that's going to, oh, this is the new American tornado. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's only negatives in terms of, like the perception of the league, <laughs> like being down tier two teams is probably going to be a snooze fest on the Western side of things. But you guys might watch the Korean, uh, like Korean contenders more to see how maybe more interesting it is on that side. Yeah, I think like APEC, the APEC, like obviously the format there is a little bit different. So like that, that, that kind of permanent partner league, having some of those teams be a consistent performers. I think that'll be interesting. I still am very like skeptical on like how good a lot of those teams are going to be um when it comes to uh, north america in particular 
I think there always have, has been this camp of like, oh, well, if they were so good, they would just get picked up and like Owl's the top premier level of talent because of course it would be. And to to your point, Lemon, it just feels like this is like the inevitable like cope, you know, vilification of all like 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 that thought pool of can't like that 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 pool of people are, are going to take the pro am. And a lot of the results that we see and just be like, oh, I told you so. Like, I told you that tier two sucks and that Overwatch yeah. is just the best because it always was the case, even though like we know behind the scenes, AT and like O2 were, and even teams in the past, you know, BLG going into APAC, like they, they were running scrims very close with and very competitive in, you know, in practice with a lot of teams and a lot of teams wanted to practice against them because they were good practice, right? They just couldn't compete because they weren't a franchise league. So it's, yeah, it, there is a sense of like, man, this is this is a little late. It's kind of the worst time. And I know Yiska's brought that up quite a few times. Like, it's the worst <laughs> time to kind of do this. But like, I guess it's better late than never in some ways. I don't know. Yeah, it's. I just feel like there's the a lot of NA talent has gone to Owl, and I'm super happy about them. Everyone that I thought was gonna go to Owl made it. Mm-hmm. Not like Crystal Ball Flex, just like the talent <laughs> got recognized and got pulled up. You know, the positive thing out of this will be like while you're getting beat down, maybe if you, you know, can one like duel very well DPS wise mm-hmm. against someone, like you can get noticed in that way. Uh, it, it's it's maybe a good time to get noticed in terms of tier two, but and I maybe the bigger focus for this pro am is what do the owl teams look like? Yeah. I, I care more about what they're going to look like in their first matches and beating down tier two is my expectation, but how badly do they do it? Are they going to lose a couple maps? Where are the weaknesses in owl is my attention on program rather than, or uh, maybe there's like a new star here and there in tier two, or maybe a, a washed up owl, that player that got back into tier two can kind of reprove themselves. That's like a cute narrative, but I'm more focused on how owl looks in their first matches. Yeah, I think that's something that, you know, I can definitely hear a lot of pundits and experts like leveraging for at least the first half of the season. Like, bro, this team started on shaky legs. They're dropping maps to like Northwood and Redbird. <laughs> like, bro, you can't be doing that at that at this stage, right? Like, Jessica, is this, you know, has has your opinion shifted when it comes to pro am? Is it, you know, are, are, is this just more of a litmus test? I mean, yeah, I I think it's going to be embarrassing for some of the bottom tier uh owl teams it's probably as much excitement as we're getting out of this realistically (laughs) um if you look at a lot of the engines that were going on in tier 2 and as to why tier 2 was so good uh for for such a long time in in overwatch league history it's also Mm -hmm. really down to the age limitations there now have been leveled right like you won't be as far as i'm aware i'm not sure if that's true for pro am but um is is tree allowed to play compete in in that one i'm not sure um probably would be but pro am they're allowed to but when it came to i know that somebody from owl front office had to clarify yes under 17 no so is that is that true so tree won't be able to play at the pro is that right so it's still considered an owl rules for pro am. The prize money is on the line, so I think they're uh, they, they, yeah. Uh, they well, there's prizes and contenders too, right? Good point. Yeah, uh, it's very unsure. We have to look at the rules. Yeah, Sorry. that's a rules question. 
So it's, I would say, like, if I had to assume that Pro-Am is maybe more considered a path to pro product, it, like, it depends on what product is it considered. Yeah. Is it an owl product or not? If it's a path to pro product, then it's probably fine. Yeah, yeah. But once they go on to mid-season madness, that's when it's 100% owl, and I would assume that tree whoever is right. under 17 can't compete right. so that sucks to do all of that and maybe not compete but and if that's the case then they should probably make it you know as no 17 or under from the start so you don't build up any hope but then i also want them to be able to flex <laughs> and you know have that opportunity still even mm -hmm. if they don't can't compete the mid-season so i don't know what side of the coin i want to be there it's a message yeah and i think like that's that's practically the reason why a lot of these uh contenders teams were so good it's not just like a complete inability of general managers to scout talent accurately but because people were simply ineligible think about all the teams that were historically good season one runaway was still really good and could have probably just dominated just as much as they ended up doing in season two then they become eligible come into the league dominate you know, then, then uh, at, I guess Atlanta Academy is the next in line. Not even everyone graduated in terms of, uh, or made the yeah, bar. Yeah, graduate sure they, when the statistical outflyer is, you know, getting paid okay. six figures. Are we really trying? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were trying to uh, pipe up sugar free once again. For, oh, for I mean, I don't need fragile and bold he's, bet. He's, he's just gonna, he's just gonna win on its own. We'll get Lemon's take on that, but you know. Mm. Bro, if Dante's coming out here and just saying what everybody else has been keeping secret that like the outlaws in the past were paying like kids like six figures to ride the bench and like play Lucio kind of okay, like come on, like we've, I think we've grown. I think we've grown when it comes to scouting a little bit. Just I, a, just a smidge. I feel like, by the way, this is a side point, but there should be probably we should probably name the the contract structure change basically like the Texan faux pas because. <laughs> Like both sure. of those teams are <laughs> or implicitly responsible for so many player rights being taken away by signing god-awful large volume contracts that bankrupt, or not bankrupted, but like really made it impossible for these teams to compete over several years until these contracts ran out. Like that this should never happen again. No team should you know, be at the whims of terrible decisions two years down the line. And that's why uh, we now have the, you know, 30 day, 60 day or whatever contract. Listen, uh, I, I, I like the, 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 the Texas turbulence, you know, rule. I, I like that. I like, I like how we're focusing both on, you know, on both teams there, but you know, let's, let's not like let the infernal AKA Phillies, you know, skate here. You know, I, I think Carpe for three guaranteed was a little, uh, and that's a little, a uh, that performed still, right? Like, probably not for the contract volume that he had. I think, like, probably he justified it in terms of the PR that he brought. I, I'm, sure. I don't have a problem Maybe. with with uh, Carpe in that regard. Um, but yeah, I think inherently, as much as it sucks for players, considering like how often they just drop off the faith face of the map, yeah. especially like during earlier years of Overwatch as we hadn't filtered for the best players yet. Yeah, that was probably simply un uh, unsustainable. Do we have the confirmation? It looks like we have yeah, some kind eligible. of... So Tree will be eligible. I won't read exactly cool. word for word, but in both regions... This was posted in Discord, right? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. So that it's public. We can. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a public Discord. So yeah, if you want to raid that out, Yeska. Um. So age eligibility. We need to follow up on that and blah up. Uh, in both regions, in P2P, Path to Pro, OG and Contenders, the age limit will be 13+. plus. In West, uh, Pro-AM, it is 13+. plus. In East, Pro-AM, Opens and Knockout, etc., it is 17+. plus. So as we said, like as Lemon said, uh, West and Pro-AM considered as a Contenders product, therefore 13+. plus. Uh, East, different thing, probably also presumably due to like when it's played, where it's played, legal mm-hmm. things. 17 plus yeah checks out there glad that we got a confirmation on that front and yeah pro-am it'll be fun i think it's gonna be um it'll be kind of we're talking about this prior to the show but like i think overwatch in general is like got this really interesting umbrella and i know that like in the uh community update the first community update which hopefully there's a second one coming um they talked about, you know, some extra fun tournaments in the breaks. And, you know, I think you can kind of speculate on what those might look like. Um, and I think that probably better serves the community. I don't think this is like a hyper hardcore, like, you know, X's and O's are, are the general audience. I think, you know, we we like an entertainment product out here. We like some popsicle stick faces. Every <laughs> while, so. I think um, it's roster lock. Great Ooh. question. Eric, do you have an answer? For that? No, there's no public... Wait, what do you mean by roster lock in terms of like you need to have six? Like, you can't sign any more players for the league for the. Oh, that, that... That'd be yeah, that's uh, well past uh, the summer split or something like that. So yes, that'd be yeah. in August or something like that. Yeah. Not so, uh, it'd be cool if the program was more framed or marketed as like a scouting tournament, like a very cool. Mm-hmm scouting tournament where everyone competes against everyone and you see who's good against you and like instead of marketed as like yeah, i guess exhibition is like kind of a chill name but i'm i'd rather it be marketed as like a, a cool scouting opportunity for checking out people and yeah. coaches being around and whatever so oh but maybe it could be treated as that and then if the roster lock is after that then you can pick up some substitutes because we know pretty much almost every team could use a substitute at this point except boston who are going to the max and maybe toronto Mm -hmm. so uh i hope it's used as that at least rather than a lol let's go kick tier two's ass so i mean i mean even from like the early stirrings of like some of the world cup stuff you know hearing that you know gig and redbirds are kind of throttling you know vegas and vegas ends up losing to samito and clone man shout out to the real ones who remember clone man um you know i i think that you know say what you want about vegas but they've always been pretty quick to you know shift things around if it's not working so i i wouldn't be correct you know it wouldn't shock me if uh some you know emergency changes came prior to the season i know that's not you know the kind of stuff that they were talking about prior to but you know different coach different staff who knows things things change right um and yeah it feels like you know with the absence of like the showdown gauntlet format from i think it was 2019 um there isn't like this like pre there isn't this tournament that kind of like shoulders up next to or sits next to like the start of the league to act as this like final proving grounds for tier two that you can kind of like have your one last chance to be noticed and signed i know that there was like a big you know push talking to you know people like albert from florida and you know i know that there was a lot of teams you know sending some staff to gauntlet 
to, you know, either get in touch with people or reach out to some teams and, and, you know, really start building those relationships with players. Um, and I have to assume that some people, you know, bumped up on the shortlist because of their gauntlet performance. So I guess maybe the question here is, you know, maybe in the future, if Pro-Am is successful, do we run a Pro-Am a little earlier alongside like the gauntlet in the Pacific and Atlantic showdowns? Is that something you guys, you know, possibly could want to see? Lemon? Yeah, like, I, I miss the gauntlet NA versus EU just overall, like gauntlet and having it on land was so important. I wish there was just like a team that would volunteer like, oh, we'll take on the winners of Gauntlet or something. Or like Gauntlet sure, yeah, team got to got to challenge whoever they wanted from the league and then the league would put up a cute little prize for it. That would be like so, so spicy of like <laughs> your old American Tornado wants to challenge Atlanta Rain and and then they shit talk on Twitter be like, we'll take your spots if we win. You know, like the content is just like oozing. If you could just challenge get a free challenge to any owl player I, I would love to see more exhibition matches just like this but i i i understood the perception of how this would not yeah. be gray and blah 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 blah. but the content though you know so <laughs> Look, as as a as a content convert right as as i'm leaning more and more towards esports tainment okay like we got to keep the lights on folks. Okay. I'm, I'm here for like the whole, you know, big narratives and the, the <laughs> factor. Like if we have to cut promos and, you know, you know, let uh, tier two teams call people out like UFC or, or boxing style as they win their match, you know, you, you're coming for the belt. Like we're going to challenge the Dallas fuel. We're going for the top. You know, you try to sell the fight after you, you win the tournament in tier two. Like, yeah, I think it's like it's hyper content and like who doesn't want to put on like a land event and say, you know, yes, you have to put up some money to like fly a team out. But, you know, that's that I feel like that's another like avenue. I know that like live events have been, you know, not the best uh, revenue generators, but I think there's still something in in live events that, you know, could be successful and i think you know driv and, and i'm saying all of this as we started the show talking about how guard just laid off all of their content <laughs> yeah there is like the yeah. esports winter but it's 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 so difficult because like you want you want to sell the fight you want to you know have that content but it is it is difficult and i hope you know in as i hope pro-am does well but i hope you know tier two does get that like resource investment it doesn't even have to be financial i think they could just use like <laughs> more people like just like operating and like doing stuff within tier two whether it be content creation whether it be logistics whether it be you know uh toing in some facets um it, it's yeah. it's rough i'd rather see like more investment in world cup than gauntlet personally and, and that pains me to say because two years ago me lemon would slap <laughs> current me lemon in the face um, just because I feel like World Cup is something that anyone and everyone, casual or hardcore sure. follower, can enjoy. While as Gauntlet, I felt like it was most enjoyed if you really knew like the journey. Like it was just like a buildup of a season, you know, buildup of these teams. Mm -hmm. And just watching the finals of Gauntlet doesn't hit the same as watching World Cup, where you could just, yeah, yeah, I cheer for Canada, and it's yeah. just fun because it's country versus country. Like there's, it's a different vibe there, and the mm -hmm. World Cup experience is is. I don't think matches the gauntlet experience, even when it was at land. Although even I really enjoyed gauntlet. I much had a lot more fun at world cup, even as a hardcore tier two watcher, because mm -hmm. you had a mix of, 
yeah, you can just cheer for your country, but you can also cheer for the hardcore tier two people that you did support. Uh, really have this be their big shot at being noticed and playing amongst uh, OWL players sometimes. So I'd rather see more investment into World Cup or at least whatever it is. I, I don't know the full details of whatever is going on sure. this year, but I just more World Cups. Cool. If we have to choose between Gauntlet and World Cup, I'm World Cup. If we can have both, I'm even happier. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't disagree. I think it's like even thinking about some of my normie friends that like know that they know of the Overwatch League, right? They know some of the pro teams. Maybe they've seen a game. I, I can I can think of like a couple, you know, friends of mine that I was like, oh, yeah, like you're local here and like it's close by like, you know, you should go and they went and they had a good time. But like it's different if like you're cheering for like Team USA versus, you know, the other nationalities. And then like I'm just supposed to like the the, the Washington justice. Like, why do I like them? Like, why? I don't, I don't know anything about them. Like, why, why do I care? Right. Like, I think there is like an initial buy-in. So yeah, no, I think you, you got some strong points. Yes. Do you want to chime in? I think like generally speaking, um, also like on the point of, yeah, like we, we, we understand why we're not competing in the owl teams with the contenders, a part of it. And then also like, maybe losing some attention to World Cup, uh, sorry, as Overwatch League 2 World Cup. I feel like we're, this eSport in particular has been plagued by trying to maintain the size of an increasingly small pie. And now, like, everyone clutched their piece of the cookie as it atrophied, right? And, like, we, we cut out a lot of the opportunities ever since the inception of this esport in terms of like we could have grown the pie or we could have had like the, the stakeholders here and the shareholders with the franchise i understand why you want that as a, as someone that paid up to 16 million in expenses participating in the overwatch league but that type of mindset definitely didn't help the growth of this esport because um you want a a healthy ecosystem that attracts all kinds of uh, people and then hopefully develop systems that funnel into the, your Premier League, right? Um, I boohoo if you are losing, if your uh, Overwatch League team is losing to a tier two squad. That's be better, improve. Yeah. yeah, there should be incentives for you to improve. This could be one of those where if you're eating dirt in the pro AM, your squad probably needs some help uh, going into the season, right? So I have no problem uh, with these things. I think. If you look at a lot of decisions from being exclusive of, on YouTube, trying to uh, get there instead of spreading wide, multi-platform, whatnot, like, I feel like if we had more of a growth mindset and just amassing critical numbers before uh, necessarily, like, making sure that everyone maintains the exact percentage of the pie that everyone got, we would probably have every stakeholder come out ahead still because the pie would mm -hmm. just be bigger. And I think that's the direction that we're going in. I agree that um, World Cup is probably more important product for the eSport at large, just because it's so easy to get into. It's so easy be easy to tribalize around. Unfortunately, because the uh, individual structures and in these countries have atrophied so hard, everyone's just going to get stomped by the big regions. And even the big regions are going to be get stomped by the seventh best team on Korea. Like they basically can flip coins of the Korean players participating in the league. Um, so it's inherently like the story setup is not as sexy. I think 
Okay, Joe, hold me. I'm about to say something nuts in, in terms of the competitive uh, integrity. I don't want to hold you up here and say something nuts. I want, you, I want to throw you like a grenade. Come, yeah, you won't, you won't think it's that nuts. It's nuts for me to say, but I, I would make, <laughs> com, uh, I would make World Cup single LM. I think that's the Ooh, only way to that is it. crazy for you to say. Here, I will hold you. Come in, <laughs> embrace me. Um, no, that, because like you want to have that upset potential. Like if someone yeah. locks the fuck out and actually get gets a lucky punch against Korea, you don't want him to come back. You just don't yeah. for the sake of the competition, right? And for the entertainment value. Because if one manages it, it's such a like incredibly rare event yeah. in world history that we now have to uh like keep Let's that energy TV. throughout the entire thing. Yeah. So maybe I'm also understanding a little bit the chances that theoretically a team like, you know, AT slash Toronto Defiant slash USA could have in that competition, especially if Korea feels that, yeah, they probably shouldn't just run shock. Um, but yeah, I think in general, this is, um, this is a good, right direction. I think overall... I'm currently doing research on a piece in terms of the reception of the format and also the entire esports calendar, I'm waiting on a couple of people to come back. But one argument I find particularly compelling as for the positive side of the season format, and I will tell you, not too many people were positive in terms of those who are asked what they think about the season format. I think a great argument is, is that we now have very different profiles in the entire season offering. We have the developmental leagues. We have the calling of all heroes, you know, bringing in a different audience. We have um, the Overwatch League for the hardcore and like localized uh, localization uh, aspect. And then we have the World Cup uh, coming as well. It would be interesting to sort of brainstorm what kind of other markets you could bring in with other products you could add. I don't think the, the Overwatch League itself is... I think that's at its limit as to where it can appeal sure. um, and then we just need additional products to hopefully create this funnel because you know co contenders is all fine and good but i think like the the viewership there is probably not necessarily enough to bring about a good feeling of growth into uh, tier one that has to come from other sources that are uh, interested and then also honestly like long term PVE stuff, adding that to the circuit, yeah. um, yep. getting maybe some some Overwatch League teams involved in that. That could be a, a, an overlap. And that's how you fill the offseason that we've so backed for. Because, I mean, we're, once again, I at each other's throats, like creating drama instead of like enjoying content uh, that we should have had during oh, this. Oh, yes, yeah, they weren't going to do this two weeks ago, okay? I don't know what you're talking about. There's no <laughs> drama two weeks ago, and now there's drama. So you figure it out, okay? This is this is a you problem. I'm sorry. Oh, I wanted to touch back on something you said earlier on um, about the bad teams of OWL in this Pro-Am. Mm. I don't agree with how this is going to go for them. I don't think they deserve to be dogpiled. I remember the specific TikTok about Adam Sandler. This is a side tangent, but he's like, he wins an award and he says, you're going to be forever remembered as the guy who lost to Adam Sandler. And I think like, <laughs> this is what like teams like maybe like Nixle or whatever the teams that are in danger of losing to a tier two team, you're going to be forever remembered for the rest of the season as the team that lost to 
uh, fucking Redbirds or, or whatever Odyssey. And it's like, that's just going to be like the narrative forever. If there's, if they lose in this exhibition, when there's zero stakes and like who actually gives a shit they're, for the rest of the season, they're going to be remembered as the team that lost their tier two team, which is just going to dogpile from fans, dogpile from casters. That's obviously going to be the easiest narrative point to throw out there when we're the whole start of the season is about questioning a roster and their capabilities because you have no evidence to really go by because everyone's changing their roster anyway. And the only thing you have to go off of is this exhibition. You'll be like, oh, well, Nick Soul or whoever lost to freaking Redbirds. So they obviously don't deserve to be here. Or you're not going to say that directly, but that's going to be the vibe in the room. And I hate for the those teams especially if if the rumors are true about nixel picking up like uh women or, or marginalized genders mm. if they lose to an exhibition team and they're they're mixed roster in terms of genders like that's triple dogpiling on teams like nixel that don't deserve it i think a better format for pro-am would have been have like you know the exhibition matches tier two versus tier two have the top four pick their challengers who do they want to face against al so they can measure up against who they think they can be whether it's they want a big dick and i want to go out and just shock or they want to hey we think we could probably beat boston or like you know i i just would rather see the choice be in their hands then hey like you just won the pro-am or i don't know how that format bracket goes but oh now you have to face the shock and you got to get your ass whooped by yeah. the shock so it's i i don't besides like fun for the fans this hurts teams like nixel who are already probably going to get dogpiled if they lose I, I just think there would be better more juicier ways of doing this where it's teams can just go and pick who their challenger is and then that has better spice than th shock 3 owing everyone or whatever and like you said, like, I think I can already see like the content, like we, you can have like those fun draw shows where you invite people, you know, you know, to, to be on camera and to, to have those, you know, those teams pick each other and yeah, it could be fun. Yeah. I, and I think it serves everybody. Okay. Lemon, my European zone soul <laughs> needs vengeance. Okay. For the lack of relegation. <laughs> that you guys have let in through the back door of your soul. I, like, we Europeans need some retaliation against teams that don't care, okay? And yeah. I think what I agree with you is it should not be on the back of those players that are going to be dogpiled. And I agree that's probably going to be the case, that people are going to shit on the players, not the organization that clearly facilitates it. But case in point being... Like the Redbirds Vegas thing, I'll let you in on a secret. Redbirds should win that, based on what they are offering to their players and what Vegas is offering. Mm. Right? Like it's the better deal. Like if you think like team with higher budget in Overwatch leagues should beat team in uh in with lower budget in Overwatch league because they can get the better players, then that is true for that matchup as well. Vegas mm. is a team that doesn't, as far as I'm aware at this point, doesn't offer um, housing and sure. as one of the few teams and has pretty low salaries or really, mm. really, or really low salaries. I'm not sure if they're not moving to Vegas. What the heck? Yeah. Wait, I'm in Vegas. I, I thought I was visiting a team house soon. What the heck? <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, now I'm bummed. You just broke the worst news no, to me. No, no. <laughs> what do you well, mean there's no one coming to Vegas? That's part of my <laughs> European vengeance, okay? Um, <laughs> the, yeah, the, it, that's, that's the thing. Um, I think that's good perspective. I hope to have a budget tier list once again ready in order to, for uh, folks to have some perspective there. But mm -hmm. 
yeah, I think generally speaking, um, what it in a healthy system, teams suck in pro AM. They get budget for one or two more players and can fix their holes, and then that changes the uh, the trajectory of the uh, the lineup. I I think the the amount of upsets will probably also be relatively limited. Um, I hope we also do well in celebrating that the bigger bigger story is we're celebrating the players that actually got these upset wins and that those guys then happen to be promoted. I ideally I'd love um I don't know, maybe maybe <laughs> maybe orcs get told they're going to get a bump up with, with the ref share and they get can therefore hire one or two more players uh, <laughs> you know like uh, before season start or whatever and you can't beat them side them to the fragile egos of ownership that like oh, hey yeah. if you want your franchise to be known forever known as the fucking team that lost to the tier two like scrubs then so be it but like that's an l that you're just gonna have to hold and if you don't want to fork up some more cash so that doesn't happen to happen like that's on you right like if that's the way that we have to do this then so be it like let's get some budget bump ups because it's looking rough for a couple teams I, i'm i'm giving i'm giving out the the launch codes to the public joe okay you ready oh yeah okay the efficacy of tweeting angrily as uh, at an owner that your team sucks as a fan it's fairly high. <laughs> I, you are the, you are playing a dangerous game, my guy. To of course keep it on the professional side, but um, but a lot of owners care. A lot of a lot of owners care about the perception of their team underperforming, and if the general manager can then pick, give me X amount, and then I can give you X, or can can say like it's likely that we're going to uh, place X places higher then that is the thing that has very often happened in Overwatch League. And it's so Adam Adamu, it if you're listening, I swear to God, if this team doesn't fucking work out, I'm gonna, you're gonna hear from me. You you better be signing, like, I don't know, the best uh, physical therapists and surgeons for <laughs> Reiner at this point and get that boy back. Right. Oh, isn't that the truth, man? God bless him. I, I do hope that Reiner does, you know, I hope he does get well, and I think I hope he does come back because a, a, a talent and a character that I feel like is going to be missed within the future of the Overwatch League. But yeah, no. Uh, owners care, players care. Weirdly enough, you know, a lot of people care about doing well. Um, so hopefully, in a very weird silver lining, um, some some people pull their heads out of their rears and figure out, you know. How to, how to, you know, I don't care if you need to fish through your couch cushions to get, you know, another player or, you know, if you need to, you know, re-up your scouting or whatever, whatever, whatever you need to do. Hopefully Pro-Am is more of a wake-up call and less of a pitchfork and torch, you know, ceremony because, again, nobody wants to, like, dogpile the players. It should be about celebrating those who can upset. And, again, I hope there's some content around these these group draws because I think there's some potential groups that I can foresee happening depending on who makes it out from Tier 2. Uh, that could be more competitive than I think people are 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 willing to admit to themselves. But that also didn't we depends. get we got like a huge hint on how this program is even going to go. Like if there's any upsets, like the fact that when Redbirds beat Vegas, yeah. like we already have like look how much they got dogpiled on Twitter because of that. 
And like who, I don't know if it's like a who cares angle about USA trials. Like you're an owl. I personally wouldn't care about making a World Cup tee. I don't even know if you get paid for playing a World Cup. I don't know anything about that. But if, I, if I'm an owl player, I don't personally give a shit about World Cup. Because if you're not getting paid, then it's like a clout party in terms of players. Like if you are clearly are already on an owl team, what do you need to prove further than that? So... Yeah, I have thoughts about the Redbirds beating Vegas, but uh, in terms of we already saw the dogpiling that happened, like it's only going to get worse because now the stakes are higher. Yeah, it's it's rough and it's hard. I I, I agree. It Well, I don't agree. It's it, it is easy to just not comment and just be like, yeah, you know, Vegas is struggling. It's rough. But I think you bring up a, an interesting point. You know, there are some people that just aren't going to want to compete, you know, and they're not going to necessarily ball out when it comes to like world cup you know if they make it they make it they don't they don't it is what it is but it's you know i i i do i do have to wonder if uh it's the utmost competition um any any final thoughts there yes before we move on to the last and final no i i think like um my my crusade against the world cup is done this this no more first fertile ground to you know be elitist about like what we should do with the ecosystem now it's it's down to like making a compelling product and i think that's what the world cup is and if anything uh hopefully it's it really reinvigorates the desire for you know these regional markets to activate to get better uh and compete um, I think very often you hear the stories of these uh, players just idolizing those they saw in these big competitions. I sure. think there's a pretty high chance that uh, World Cup viewership will be very solid and probably have a very different viewership than the Overwatch League does. So you're getting new eyeballs on it. I, I think the potential is pretty high, especially... Don't think it probably is all too expensive to run that in comparison to something like the Overwatch League. So yeah, I think uh, especially if that can conclude uh, at BlizzCon that we don't know if it's happening, I think or not or whatever, um, that would be super interesting uh, and sweet for the esports. Uh, and there's there's really no room to to you know be overly elitist about this uh, in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. no yeah it's it's uh we don't have too many too much ground to stand on to you know try to make this simulated war anymore right like it's things are getting a little dire and we need to we need to get some eyes on the product um and it's not to say that you know we're we're dying anytime soon but you know we've we've definitely had signs that you know things I know can't you jinxed it you jinxed it. no no i'm not a jinx you're the jinx you're the the astrologer okay listen Mr. Jupiter and Gatorade. I don't want to hear it. Like in Taco? I have to to deal with that all regular season long. Don't you start now with the jinxes and the curses and the voodoo and the... Get out of here. Go charge your single shot. Just call me Lord already, okay? You're... Don't even start with me with the... Okay, Lemon, because he brought it up. I wasn't going to bring it up, but he brought it up. Okay. Have you you been informed on our Lord bet? No. Okay. (laughs) I proposed again my idea i said vancouver will be what what did i say eric back me up as the neutral third party seventh seventh or higher right yeah 
I said Vancouver will be seventh or higher, and I have to call Yiska Lord for the rest of the season. Or for however long, you know, mm-hmm. it has to be. And he's obviously taking the flip side of that. So do you have any thoughts there? Do you think Vancouver has the, the legs to, to get seventh or above? In okay. NA. Out of, what is that? We're out of 12? Maybe. How many teams we got? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I'll just give my thoughts on the Titans general roster yeah, and I'll sure. help kind of think my way through the answer a little bit. So I'm really hesitant to like the Titans roster. I really want to think they're a solid team. So starting with Punk, I think he gives me Dante vibes of he puts in the work to be that hyper flexible tank that you could probably slot in on any team. But I just I'm not even sure if he got enough justice or resources on Boston to play at his peak Mm. and look the best. But and then like this iteration of Titans is like Punk's chance to prove to me that he's a good player. Or, I, or if not, I'll have to settle with him being mid. So I have, like, big question marks because it's, like, a lot of these players were just good players on bad rosters. Um, Aspire and Sugar Free, I guess we can go on, like, the Sugar Free topic. Um, oh. Sugar Free hasn't, according to Liquipedia, hasn't technically competed since Fusion Uni of 2021. So, like, yeah. as much as I was part of the hype train of Sugar Free and, you know, youngest signed person in the league or whatever... And this prodigy, I need him to play the game to prove that he can play the game. Like, this just feels like so long of a break. Unless he's played recently and I just missed it. But he was good then. Is he good now? Breaks can affect people in different ways. Not sure. I give him the GOAT title. So I'm going to hold off on the hype train because not competing for that long is a big deal. Um Aspire was an, another bright spot on a bad team. I don't know, solid player, just like Punk. How much forgiveness do you give to players who were solid on their own but stuck on bad teams? It's really hard for me to kind of just pick apart one person. It's not like other games where you could have your individual performance be separate of your team. Like this is Overwatch's your performance is so meshed in on so many factors, including other people on your team, that it, it's hard to quantify uh, them at all. So I would say that this is a middle pack of the team on the lower end, and they definitely need to sign more people for me to assign them any higher than that. If we have 12 teams, 7th or above, I'm trying to think who would be below them. Like, you're thinking Nixel, Valiant, question mark, where they are. True, base. Like, who is below that? Justice? I don't even know who their roster is. Vegas, so we have Vegas, Justice... A valiant Nixel as like contenders of being below them, so that would put them around eighth or seventh. Is that yeah, your justification? Pretty much, yeah. I I need like a couple of upsets here and there, maybe like a solid midseason performance. God forbid, you know, they score a couple of couple of wins there. Um, obviously without like the league point structure, but like, yeah, that's pretty much like the argument is like it's it's fringe. That's why it's a gamble. You know, it's it's a you know I'm I'm betting that you know they can maybe take an upset against you know i know this might sound heretical but like maybe a team like the gladiators maybe a boston doesn't necessarily get the start that we all expect them to right like there are some slower starting teams if titans just comes out guns blazing or at least you know can can ditto them and and you know just gamble out like a game five and they take the series win and they take the w like okay well how far up again it's like a london bet of last year right yeah. Where nobody expected london to do well so it's like okay if we just kind of mid-pack them like is that is that worth it 
Joe loves I, to gamble, like entering indentured servitude. Apparently, and, and how 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 many times have I lost? I, I'm Zero thinking times. about it. <laughs> Titan's definitely above Vegas. I'm confident in that. The Nixel rumors. I don't wait. Have they? I'm trying to look at Liquipedia here. I don't even know who the fuck they have on their roster. If I if my the rumors are correct about Nixel, that I'm not sure about. I I, I got to see the Nixel Titans match sure. to see that. So I don't put them above them yet. I mean, Valiant not having a roster. Anyone they pick up from tier two is not going to be good enough against Titans. I don't think anyone in tier two could be Titans. If I ha if that's a hot take to say. Um, and then London, where's Sparker here? I'm, uh, did I miss something? Is Sparker gone? No. Sparker here? Not. That's a great question that I think Nuki's still trying to find the answer. <laughs> she keeps asking everybody, is Sparker coming back? I don't know. Nah, Sparker then... is presumably back. And who is Justice? P Dude, I don't know. Is it... Justice I'm saying is Titans better than a bunch of unknowns? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like raw, like playerless rosters, Lamau. But I, I give them an eighth place, tenth, okay. Okay. eighth, eighth, eighth place or above. Window. Okay. Uh, like, ask me again when the rosters get released, and we can have sure. this debate. Yeah, yeah. How about that? <laughs> we'll bring you back, Joe. Should Should I run you update you on my current prediction? How it's going? Yeah. You bring Bring okay. me the astrology signs. Let's Let's hear the the charts. Okay. First off. Out of eleven teams, the That's NYXL, not 12, the NYXL will probably be better. I think for Lemon, like currently uh, being rumored, is Callan Fitz and Finale. Um, that's yeah. a that's a trend. I I'm yeah, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they're going down to the route like of maybe signing some um, marginalized gender talent, but probably having either. A calling hole or a heroes team, and uh, you know, oh. or having them in two tier in uh, two way. That's that's my last update. I think that's gotcha. where it's going. Um, if not, okay, that's a team I would say Titans has beat. If they actually commit to the Korean player type, I would say they are likely to be higher. Um, then I think London is certainly going to be better, also based on the the uh, players we expect to be announced there. Um, I think they are they are probably going to beat handily uh, Vegas. They're probably beating Valiant handily. Um, mm -hmm. And Justice, that's close, but probably also. Who's on Justice? What's the rumor about Justice? Or Justice what's... currently is Ben Best, FD God, Flora Teru. Who am I missing? One more, right? Um, is it... I'll put the name in the chat because I don't know if it's been rumored or not. I think it has, but mm, let's Is check. That not the last one. Oh, Alpha Yi. Yes, that, those are yeah. the the deep rumors of uh, of Twitter. Um, especially Alpha Alpha Yi, of course, is stupid, crazy nuts. Um, but that, yeah, I think most of the time Titans should have these speed. So. I think realistically, what's it's coming down to, Joe, is like it's going to be very close if they're seventh or eighth yeah. uh, going forward. Like that's that's going to at least right now coming coming down to the wire. But then again, like there's a possibility that the Titans are not doing well, or there's a possibility that uh, other teams are shitting the bed that we're currently not foreseeing. 
and then that gets uh, a little bit more interesting um as joe just <laughs> joe just died i'm i'm just you know like that's 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 when you uh, when when the lord announces that you're going to lose the bet um he said seventh or above you're done <laughs> We're cutting, we're cutting you off. What, what is going right in Michigan? Like, is, is there anything working in that state? It's, it's nuts. That's um, a good question. But yeah, I think generally speaking, yeah. It also, isn't it a little weird that we still haven't had these announcements? Like, presumably, like when, when does, uh, does it start mid March? Right? Is, is that March the start of is a deadline for signing, but not announcements. Okay. Right. So yeah, like I, I think uh, I'm not feeling amazing about that lore bet. Feeling pretty good, I would say. Also, like as Askoft, we had him on last uh, last week. Lemon, uh, Askoft said, mm. um, like he's he's pretty confident in his current team, and he doesn't like the concept of uh, bench players. He would rather like love to play with the same starting players in all matters. And I think that, that that helps team atmosphere. Yeah, and I also like when it doesn't rain outside and I can, you know, when the temperature is nice. Like, every coach would love to just not have to work with as many players and have as much work to do. But the reality is that no, being a flex player in Overwatch is so incredibly difficult to be a, a master at so many things rather than a jack of all trades. It's like people get more players on the roster to fill in the gaps so you don't put as much pressure on people i think he should maybe embrace substitutes a, a lot more because god knows punk could use some help if he's gonna be like the hyper flex tank like i i thought he was very flexible but i i still think you could relieve that pressure from some people and i don't know a single coach who wouldn't come on a podcast and say that they're confident and go oh in 20 or whatever amount of matches so it's yeah i i like the i like the positivity um but I would, I'm not as confident when someone says they don't like dealing, they just want to play with one roster. Like, yeah. Also, like when you said like punk in terms of like, you can only judge players so much in terms of like how they work on bad teams. I completely, yeah. uh, completely agree with that statement. I would also say three of the, his starting <laughs> teammates are from that bad team. And especially like wow. that backline is the best Boston Uprising, right? Like, I think that's the biggest criticism that uh, I personally always had about th the way this team is set up. And you have to say there's, there's some good counter-arguments, but at the same time, like, Boston wasn't amazing. The changes or the introductions of new players they have to this roster in Aspire and Sugar Free could be argued to be transformational. I'm just not sure if that's enough to make to bring them, you know, to that level where they have those London type upsets and can consistently deliver even against the best opponents. And I think it will be pretty meta dependent because we know, like, if if there's a Sigma meta, I'm feeling consistent, like, definitely much more confident uh, about Punk mm -hmm. than if it was a Winston meta, right? I'm like the number one cope queen of Boston. I felt like out of all the casters, I probably gave 
Boston the most amount of credit um, just because I got to talk to like some coaches and just kind of figure out what the situation was because that's what the big thing was is that nobody understood what the fuck was going on with Boston so people just thought okay bad results don't know what's going on equals not well organized and then you had like first like talk about support line you had Faith, Crimson, and MCD where MCD was the whole roster had this whole like mixed roster situation where you had sometimes was it it's out come in suck ass on Hammond you know very good player on his own but for some reason did not I think they lost like probably all of the maps they played with him either way then they had this whole oh do we want a Korean tank because that'll be easier to communicate then okay let's throw it's out in you know justice for punk came out mag existed for a hot second then Dumash went to another team and then you have the MCD who came in who was like a decent what Zen or some shit but then then you had like this whole like okay we have punk but then we have MCD we have no other English speakers and then that that whole situation happened seeker I don't even remember getting playtime um Valentine Victoria, I think we're on the up and up at the end of the season in terms of their performance, but obviously trying to give them any crumbs of credit like compared to how good everyone else was was difficult. I think that they were they just had so much stuff to figure out in terms of their long term that it's hard to give punk credit because he got mixed up with it's Al and Mag being rotated in the back line I mean looked and eh, because then you're Dealing with a mixed language situation, plus you're throwing MCD in every now and then. I was a fan of Crimson when he did come in. I'm not saying like top support like caliber, but definitely didn't feel like a bad player. Like Boston never felt bad to me as much as like that was that this is a hot take to say they never felt awful. It was just mid. And I kind of just attributed so much of that, of them still organizing what they wanted. Is it full Korean? Is it mixed? And how do you deal with that mixed? Mm -hmm. And that's why now that you took, like, the good pieces out, or at least you took parts of it, like, maybe it makes sense. But anyway, that's that's my TLDR. My mind to good pieces are Striker and Mac. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have liked Valentine Victoria if you're going to pick up pieces, but... I. I Punk is still a good investment because, hey, if you can have one hyper-flexible tank versus two tanks sure. that are good at separate things, budget-wise, Punk makes more sense. Uh, I'm not sure how much he wants, but I'm sure he would take anything to get off of Boston. So, <laughs> I, I don't know budget-wise off of that. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, like, we have to say now that this organization is very different than, or at least, the, like, the, the entire stuff's yeah. changed there, right? Like... Uh, Oxygen sort of seems to have taken the reign more there. Uh, Pre is now running the show. So I think like whatever discord they had, I think th that's it, we, it's probably best to consider them like a new approach. Um, but yeah, like Askov was also pretty candid about what went wrong uh, last year on, on the podcast we had him on. Um, so yeah, I, I think like that's definitely fair. And if it was to be the case, especially considering what we saw in stage four, that they actually popped off and what four into, um, it isn't too unbelievable for me to think that uh, Titans could have maybe not a London-esque story, but a pretty mid-tier story, especially if some of those organizations keep shitting the bed. There's always one or two where they, they mm -hmm. that clearly underperform under the, what you thought they would be uh, doing. So... If they can uh, hold the course there, maintain a good internal uh, culture, I think they can strike 
uh, when the Hirons sword and everyone else is sort of crumbling, especially if they hit a, a good meta or can indeed force their meta interpretations onto other teams, as we also discussed with Askov. Um, yeah, I think, like, if you guys want one more topic, uh, I'd love to just talk about the old Noah Hill A. Eh? Yeah, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, competitive teams in NA and some of the history that's going around, uh, obviously, No Hill signing with a Defiant uh, should not be necessarily overshadowed. But he, you know, you want to talk about speaking candidly. Uh, he's uh, said some things about his former employers that uh, uh, are not uh, not positive, let's say. So um, any 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 thoughts there? Look, I think seeing that just a the pictures coming out of those living conditions there is like two thousand one Starcraft one team like team house vibes, living off ramen and sleeping on top of each other. It's it's bad, right? Um, then under the context of not being played or paid, also like. You know your your favorite player, Joe uh, Molly, complaining and tilting, understandably. That's it's it's actually really nuts what they were still capable of doing. Then yeah. keep in mind, all of this happens like they're splitting salaries on, they are splitting salaries they have not received on a player they want to sign in order to succeed competitively, right? With my uh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, how does that story like make any sense now? If nobody's being paid, how do they afford Marvel? Yeah, I think like they might. Or are they working with like credit? I, do they do they load <laughs> the charge card? They're just like, all right, come on in, Marvel. I'll pay my Amex next month. Yeah, um, I'm I'm being paid in LGE coin, and we're splitting. <laughs> <laughs> we're splitting those now. I th I think there might also be some some weird stuff happening in the translation there i think not mm. not a lot of that makes sense that if you were actually really only paid one month did you really play out the season that's that's nuts i think also there definitely is a responsibility on both valiant to yes. enforce i if i if someone handles my franchise slot that way i might be talking to my lawyer um and not least the league should definitely be applying pressure uh, to in that situation as well, especially considering if you guys remember, like the story was, No Hill is going back to schooling or whatever. As it turns out, as if the translation is indeed correct, um, he was let go for telling the league about the those situations, which makes it a double piss off, right? Like this is yeah. untenable, and th those guys that made those decisions and um like we know it's not the greatest situation also especially for uh chinese overwatch but come on you gotta do the bare minimum right mm -hmm. so i hope at the end everyone will be fully compensated and the league will make them whole um or will force the valiant to make them whole because that's that's the franchise slots ultimate responsibility that their contractual obligation are fulfilled if there's indeed no party to sue left you got to pony up, in, in my opinion. Um, but it makes me all the more happy that at least No Hill made it onto a new organization in a very... It, it, you, I, I don't think it's very straightforward to say a Chinese coach 
goes onto a, an exclusively American team and coaches there and also beats everyone in trials based on knowledge, based on team culture. Yeah. Like he's the full package, right? Mm -hmm. So it would have been a shame to lose someone like that in Overwatch. And I'm, I'm happy that uh, Defiant are giving him an opportunity. Yeah, talk your shit, No Hill. Like, drag him as translation <laughs> to what Yiska just said. <laughs> drag him by the hair. And I honestly, I think maybe even the community, I've heard some people say it too, that, you know, people wish that the league just stepped in mm -hmm. to prevent this or get more involved and be more hands-on about this. Because at the end of the day, like, the league owns the franchise, so they have some level of control. Or maybe it's more of the brand or whatever, but... There, there should have. I feel like there should have been more because mm. feels like the perspective of the league isn't great when people are saying they're not getting paid on top of everything else. So, uh, so what happens of them this season? Is my question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a whole new, for lack of a better term, world. Uh, obviously, you know, Valiant moving back to NA in what sounds like fairly surprising fashion, um, but who knows? Maybe. Maybe for the right reasons, some of the, the LGE people weren't necessarily kept in the loop on what was going on because, you know, lo and behold, uh, <laughs> not necessarily the best conditions. Um, so, yeah, it's what do you do, right? Like, is this going to be like a Philly fusion of, you know, 2018 where they just don't compete at the Pro-Am and then you just sign a team that looks good? Like, how does this how does this work? Is there actually? Hello, Eric, my rules lawyer. Is that even can that can that happen? What is specifically the question? The question is, in 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 Philadelphia fashion, where they go, oh shucks, I couldn't get all my visas in time for the preseason. Gosh, golly gee dang, I can't compete. Sorry, and the league just is like, oh crap. Well, I guess Valiant isn't going to compete, so we're just going to move on without him. So if Valiant just don't show up to the pro am, and then there's just like an Odyssey team that like actually kind of pops off and does like halfway okay, is Valiant like in legal right to just sign a, a top contending pro am team, or is there like a date that they need to have players by? Yeah, uh, they have to have a roster full. Uh, Six by March 13th, but there's no reason they couldn't cut that roster and sign a roster. Hey, listen, listen. If you need a, a one-time deal, LA Valiant, look, I'm local. I'm I'm local <laughs> to the Great Lakes region. If you want to sign me, I got five friends that you know we can 30 day it up. 30 days. We can be 30 days for you until the pro am. I'm it just saying, be. I got some plans. It can't be. You got gotta have a minimum amount of. Oh, that's uh, right. Five league but, season contracts that's in right. order to start signing uh, 30 days so actually the way this turns out it's pretty unlikely that yeah um valiant can pull that move um i think realistically it's probably once again the best that they will go into some partnership with someone i'm not sure what what the possibilities are there they're signing a uh, a roster it's almost assured that those have to be north american players because I, I would imagine it's a very similar situation, or not actually wrong, because you could play overseas, as we saw with uh, London. That's a mm -hmm. possibility, right? Um, but they're not going to pay for housing, very likely, unless they have somehow find local sponsors that sometimes, you know, if you have sponsorship activations, you want to be in your local market, and therefore uh, justify the sponsor, and the sponsor then at least 
takes on a big part of the housing uh, pay and whatnot. Um, it, unlikely that this happens and models cares that much to get themselves uh, individual sponsors. So what's what's more likely is that we're going to have... The, I think the most likely scenario is they're going to just sign um, North American players that are going to play from, from their own homes will be sent a kit by the Overwatch League in terms of like backdrop and camera and they're just going yeah. to play out of their mom's basement basically you're sick poggers the real esports story the the way the LA Valiant or not so LA Valiant the Great Lakes Valiant wins the <laughs> Overwatch League right uh, is there anybody I mean in, I, I building out the show um we, we we were struggling at the beginning of the week to think of like some some interesting topics. So we're like, oh yeah, Valiant still have some things to do. So we're like, oh Lemon, Lemon's Lemon knows here too. Like let's yeah. let's, let's see what she has to say when it comes to like maybe signing some talent. So is there anybody you know uh, that you feel like deserves a, a a look? Anybody that you feel like um, you know could be could be signed to uh, this new look Valiant for twenty twenty three. Uh, I am so take this with a grain of salt, y'all tier two hardcore fans, because I know there's some <laughs> new rising stars there and I haven't watched in a hot second. But from hmm. just kind of looking at the Western side of things, I've always liked the uh, cloudy and icy in terms of I mean, back in the day, they they were tippity top back mm-hmm. when I was casting contenders and time has passed. But I, I would look at them for tank, um, Lep and Fix in terms of support. Lep, who, yes, the one who got dropped from sure. Houston. Very good Lucio player. And I think Lucio is always going to be a safe pick. Yeah, um, safe pick. Yeah. Get your shit. And I, I think... Like uh, you know, with that the whole Houston, what they did with their yeah. their new players is a separate debate. I, I thought Fix Zen was good back in the day, and I casted him. DPS, Nos, King, Ice, Tree, and Bun were ones that stuck out to me from different rosters. Mm-hmm. I think different rumors on whether they got offers in Owl already. I don't know about that, but those were the players I really appreciated back in the day casting. In terms of how good they are now, I mean, they seem to be on good rosters and doing well. But yeah. Okay, so there's. It seems like there's at least some talent now. If you did have your pick of the litter, right, and you got to sign all the, you know, the best players, um, do you, is there a world that they're at least kind of competitive at the mid table? I mean, like shooting for playoffs is it feels like a fool's errand, but you know, is there a world that you know maybe you know there's there's more upset potential than maybe we're giving them credit for? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They like how can they beat the Titans, Lemon? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. What is like Titans like one of the lower end rosters that are announced right now? Like until Valiant or whoever yeah. else comes out in Vegas too. Mm-hmm. Do I think this budget Valiant could beat Vegas? Yeah, unfortunately, I, I would put this team up over Vegas. Um, I'm here for it. It's Vegas, like okay. Then I'll do my like quick spiel about Vegas because I got the whole mega. I got whole mega cope for Vegas. Um, I actually really like the players on Vegas, but I still think they're contenders level talent. Mm-hmm. Um, Mouthful and Dove just don't hold a candle to DPS in the league right now. And when you have that one pillar that cracks, like the whole th- 
you know, the whole structure falls. Yeah. I think Vulcan deserves a, more respect. I personally have a lot of respect for him. He was a really good off tank when I casted him back in the day. You know, Zarya and D.Va, stuff like that. That takes an insane amount of coordination and just game understanding to play those heroes well. But that wasn't contenders that I appreciated him. And I don't think he ever got to prove himself on a good team. So that's my cope for Vulcan. Rack Attack and Luke Mino are good, but it's tough to have an impact when the rest of your team mm -hmm. suck. Um, I did see the scoreboard where like Samito and Cloman were facing uh, Vegas. Yeah. And it really wasn't close. Like Samito dropped like 34 and 5 on like May or something crazy. And there's just like, but I feel like there's more there in that matchup because it felt like a comp gap. Because Samito's team were running like a May rush yeah, with Ryan, yeah. and and Vegas were running some Doomfist Genji Sojourn, which just doesn't match up well. So I my whole spiel is that I think Vegas have the mechanics, and that's why you brought them up is that they have a level of mechanics. But in terms of decision making, experience, coordination, they don't have that. Mm -hmm. At all. And I, I've casted Malto back when he started in contenders, and he was always like a meme player. Not to like shade on the guy at all, but this wasn't a player you're like hyping up. This was a player that he was gonna flank on a Reaper, go to fucking Narnia, death blossom like one person and die. And that was the expectation you had of Malto back in the day. Okay. And he he was like the make or break player that would make like the most batshit play be amazing, or the batshit play that was like, okay, well, Malto just ended again. So it's like <laughs> That's like, you know, what yes. those uh, peak or valley type of players, maybe you like on your roster uh, if that's what it takes. But I just don't think these are contenders uh, or out Overwatch League level players yet. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to take so much work to bring them up to a level when it comes to just decision making and game knowledge. I don't doubt mechanics are there, but it's how you play the game that mm -hmm. matters at the end of the day. And back when I cast a dove, like he used to be like this amazing tracer that I really loved watching. But now you put this guy in the league and it's sure he's getting danced on, you know, so it's. I I want to love Vegas, but they need so much work, and I just don't think they should have been promoted yet. Like, yeah, but it, it's tough. I mean, I think the I think your um, what's the word? Like package around Malthel felt very real, especially towards <laughs> the season where homie. I think there's a couple Junker towns. Uh, that was it was rough it was rough to say the least um and it's like you know i i get you know that the peak in the valley you know the the dice roll players you know there there are going to be there are going to be those players and i think that's like a fun archetype that i think overwatch kind of needs in some ways um but is that something you want to like leverage your rebuild on right like that's that's a little bit of a an odd question for me um i thought dove had like a solid season for the most part um it had room to grow obviously but i thought a sojourn actually was kind of surprising at times not consistent but just had some peaks that i was like oh okay you know he's he's there's, there's some juice there I'm, i like i can see it um and yeah i've i've also heard very similar things about vulcan super solid obviously that back line you know was on everybody's short list you know to get promoted mm -hmm. and hopefully this this world cup trials you know upset 
you know, maybe this is a wake up call. Maybe this was like an early scrim. Maybe they got cheesed. You know, there's there's like, all who actually of... cares. Did they did they really care yeah. about this? Because at the end of the day, you're getting a salary playing on Terno, however small or large or yep. living situation aside, apparently that I didn't know about. But like, <laughs> was Team USA even in their expectations? Yeah. Like, do you honestly expect this team was going to make it? No, but it was maybe like, hey, let's put you in a more serious competitive yes. environment than scrims and see how seriously you can take what is going on and how you can make decisions on the fly. Maybe this is, these were the coaches that were like, we're going to be hands off on this. Like, let's see how you adapt in a competitive match on the fly. And they clearly shit the bed when you're running Genji Sojourn into May Ryan comp. Like that should, that's a complete comp gap. And the fact that Samino's dancing on you is is crazy. So I I understand the dog pile that happened, yeah. but my worry wasn't like, oh, but Samino has better mechanics than than Dove or Malthus. It's the <laughs> fact that how are you not smart enough to know to not play Doomfist into a May Ryan Cassidy? Like it yeah. it just feels rough. Every not even just putting that on Vulcan, just the whole team just didn't play the right comp to me, but. I, I don't even know what the meta is, so maybe I, I shouldn't say it's obvious to swap where that's what they've been scrimming on. That's what everyone else is scrimming on, maybe. And this May Ryan is something they haven't figured out how to counter. But there's going to be surprises in the league, mm -hmm. regardless of the funny May Lamal Ryan rush. And you should be ready to make comp swaps. And I think I might have heard that the Doomfist was a swap that they did, but... Either way, I'm more I'm more worried about their decision making in game because that <laughs> seems really off. Yeah, if you're playing the meta and somebody comes out and you know has a you know somebody's dusting off the the weekend at Bernie Corpse that is you know Clone Man, <laughs> God bless him. Um, and you know Samito is dancing on you, doing the the Fortnite L dance, you know, yeah. <laughs> making a rant video for Twitter. You know, it's it's not a good look, right? It's not ideal to to effectively just get embarrassed. But maybe it's a wake up call. Maybe it's a fire hopefully you know uh it's a wake-up call and vegas can get their stuff together because again i think in a, in an early narrative sense i think all eyes are on them when it comes to pro-am because i think a lot of people the expectation is that like yeah you know an odyssey or a redbirds or whoever is just going to come into the pro-am and just kind of throttle whoever you know whatever group vegas ends up getting into nobody wants that either so it's it's tough. It's tough. And obviously, you know, circling back to Valiant, whatever the fuck they're going to do, God knows. Let's just hope these players get paid this time. And, you know, some of the, the former players, they get some compensation as well. And um, I, yeah, I agree with Yiska. I think you brought it up that, like, yeah, the, I don't think the league is has their hands clean to this. I don't think uh, Valiant as well uh, gets away scot-free. But... It's tough to kind of move retroactively. I hope they get their money, obviously. Um, and I think that only kind of speaks to whoever basically survives that Valiant roster and moves on, you know, to better and greener pastures. I think like Dia probably has like a great future if, you know, he so chooses to continue to compete. I think there's a plenty of APAC teams that could probably use him. You know, the charge still has to make some moves. Who are you going to put next to like Choice I want if they end up keeping him? You know, it's. There's, there's, there's homes. It's just, you know, do they, do they continue to play? Do they make it? Was last season just too, too much of a torment? Uh, I, I do feel for him. But any final thoughts there from either of you before we wrap up? 
No, excuse my boomer take for the Valiant roster. There's probably a ton of better choices, and I'm, but I'm just baiting y'all in the comments. Okay, that's what this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Roast the lady for her boomer ass tier two Valiant. All right, that roster costs you five dollars. Okay, so just go with it and see what happens. Okay, but it might be better. <laughs> hey, listen, that's that's a five dollar foot long from Little Caesars. Yeah. that is local. I'm just talking, you know, sponsorship activation. You know what I mean? Like that. That could be the Little Caesars five dollar breadstick bowl you know you want to battle vancouver for who's got the better bedsticks you know i'm just saying there's opportunities yeah oh, there's, there's possibilities I'll also say, there's, there's simply no take anyone could have that wouldn't just cause an ultimate shitstorm in tier two if i've learned anything about that scene uh it, 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 says, it's just a lot of kids going around like it, it's yeah. it's the source of Everything fun and everything bad in this in this esport, right? Like, the best memes come out of there. The most leaks come out of there. It's it's just True. it's a it's a whole mess, Bro, but it's fun. Do you do you remember like early like Overwatch League era tier two where you had people like Bach who like had day jobs and like was a dentist or, or like a doctor or something? And I remember like talking to him. And I'm like, so like, what do you do to prepare for a match? And he's like, I brush my teeth. It's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> These kids are out here like just like snorting monster and like just, you know, getting on TikTok doing I don't know what, right? Like yeah. it's a different it's a different world, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I also I don't I don't condone snorting monster. Let me just make that very clear cuz I know there's you some drown. parents in the literally you drown. You what? <laughs> don't do that. Don't die. Don't condone this. <laughs> Leave it to the professionals, okay? <laughs> That said, uh, we have we have taken up too much of Lemon's evening as it goes. Thank you so much for coming and, and rambling with us. Hopefully it wasn't too... Uh, oh, that was fun. Snorting Monster, check, <laughs> uh, amongst other things. Yeah, that was good, great. Good. Is there anything that you've got going on? Is there anything that you kind of want to, you know, this this last little segment is kind of just for you to plug whatever you want? Oh, oh crap. Uh, I don't know when this episode comes out. Tomorrow. No Tomorrow, oh, well, uh, Leg Day and I are casting our version of a 4v4 Modern Watch Fair All-Soldier Tournament. We'd love if y'all came and watched that okay. this Sunday on our channels. It's going to be fun. Otherwise, uh, I stream on my channel at Lemon Kiwi. If you want some uh, dog shit Overwatch gameplay, come <laughs> come hang out. We, we also have hot takes, and we sometimes analyze uh, Overwatch League matches when they happen. But I really appreciate y'all having me on. This is always fun. You know, next time have me and Avril on and you'll have a fist fight. It's always <laughs> fun. <laughs> they can't put us together anymore. <laughs> uh, there, there, there is, you know, talks of a mega episode. So we may just have to like stream or showdown, you know, yeah. you know, verbally box it out. <laughs> yeah. I hear debate shows are the hot rage right now, so. Mm -hmm. who knows Jessica what's up with you what's 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 happening what can people be excited for um I am looking forward to Friday I got a pretty sweet opportunity uh, I'm going to sit down with an entire team just uh, I got them for an oh. hour all eight of them all eight of them I think eight. damn eight is it Did eight? I leak it might be more is it eight I don't know Did I leak <laughs> It might be more, actually. I don't even know. So that's going to be interesting, as it will be chaotic, and no doubt, like, probably also a lot of audio issues, but we'll, we'll cope. We'll, we'll deal. Um, okay. Otherwise, still working on some panel stuff. I'll consult Lemon after, after this uh, episode concludes, but um, 
yeah, just working away, just prepping up, and then I mean, it's full steam ahead into Pro AM, right? Hell yeah, yeah. Pro Pro AM's coming up, and it's it's definitely uh, ripe for content creation, and it's it's dope. Shout out to whoever ends up watching this because I know that there's like some you know people going out doing interviews from the community. Um, there's 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 this you know very brief there's this like little baby new wave of like people coming back to overwatch and like making competitive content which is like super dope to see um so shout out if you're listening to this keep doing what you're doing we need you you're you're helping to build the foundation of uh you know competitive overwatch 2 in some ways i know it's kind of weird to say it, but definitely keep at it um yeah that's episode 284 thank you lemon for coming on Thanks. uh we'll see you next week adios peace